Ladies and gents, welcome to a Wrestling with Wrestling edition of Rational Rage. I'm one half of the dynamic duo, BG from the 415. Joining me today, I have a very, very special guest from the slums of the Portola District. The famous, slums. infamous, infamous with the ladies, because you know, hit it, hit it. Fuck <laughs> that, you know. From the slums. Hey. The slums. BK was my favorite. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> song's about me. <laughs> you know, um, the, the Dean of GSOC, Mr. Sean and Steen. Sir, please say hello to the people out there. What's going on, everyone? Uh, thank you to uh, BG for inviting me to be a, a co-host. Um, been a fan of his uh, podcast that he does with uh, the great Spiro, and uh, yes. yeah, it's an honor to be a uh, co-host on a uh, wrestling edition, something that I'm uh, very passionate about and very much a fan of. So, uh, yes. yeah, let's uh, let's get to it. Yes, well, you know, my boy Sean and I you know we had these discussions back in the um, in the cave known as um, well. A place that can't be named because of NDAs, but it's yes. a very which are a topic of today's discussion <laughs> at some yes. point. You know, so yeah, you know, we've had a lot of discussions, brother. You know, when it comes to this particular topic, you know, um, I fucking mentioned a lot of these old school wrestlers that you know some people may have never heard about. You know, but all yeah. it takes is just a simple type written name on Google search youtube etc etc all right so you know we got some hot topics going on right now but before that before we get going with this whole might be a rant who knows so would you like to let the stalkers know where you sir the legend from the slums of the portola district can be found yeah sure um i uh have several uh things i don't check all of them the one that i check the most is uh instagram and um mm -hmm. that's just at sean vanstein um put the whole name out there um mm -hmm. i'm kind of starting to check twitter a little bit more you can find me on there uh at l super beast and so <laughs> that is my uh, twitter handle right. and uh yeah that's about it i mostly check uh ig but uh you know you can shoot me a tweet i'll probably see it and you know once in a while i uh tweet and retweet stuff especially if it's big wrestling news so oh yeah yeah definitely you know some uh, some big wrestling news or fucking uh 49er news every now and then you know yeah wait for this yeah. season to start you know we're about a couple of weeks Man, away a lot of questions a lot of excitement you know but uh mm -hmm. that's that's for another day but definitely a lot yes. of excitement here on my end yes so for those of you that have been listening to me just ramble on with some nonsense every now and then of course, you can find me on IG under G4150351. That is G4150351. Spiro, the rational, I'm excuse me, the underscore rational underscore one, spelled with a zero and E. Hit him up, slide in his DMs. That is the <laughs> Puerto Greek legend coming out of Queens, New York, man. Spiro. Spiro, you can feel his passion. So anyway, yeah, you, brother, can. you know, like, of course, main topic, you know, fucking she she set off a shitstorm a couple of weeks ago with some, I would say, 
a very she's very she's known for doing this type of shit. All right, this is Jordan okay. Grace, the current Impact Knockouts champion. Okay, so this is what she said. All right, so I'm gonna read this off. This is a a tweet that she posted and deleted. But me, you know, being the sly guy that I am, I screenshotted <laughs> this shit. So here we go. All right, this is what she said. This is going to be the coldest take I've ever tweet on this app. I already know y'all are going to be mad. I don't think Benoit could 100% hang with the most of the with most of the present day wrestlers. He could not be able to remember matches. Also, may he burn in hell. Amen. Of course, you know she got some slack of this shit. So here's her follow. All right, so Proving a point, I said something very lightly critical, lightly critical hmm, about him. People will jump to defend him. He should never, in capital, be defended. Dude lost that right when he gave his seven-year-old Xanax and strangled him while he was already unconscious. So, Sean, you start this off, brother. What is your opinion of this? I, I can't call it a brain farm. I call it brain diarrhea. So what's your thoughts, brother? Yeah. There is a lot to unpack here, mm-hmm. like a lot. Um, this is one of those uh, things where you kind of have to say to yourself, where do I begin? Um, first of all, this is just one of those things where it's like anyone who's a fan that's, you know, I'm going to be generalizing here, but for the sake of argument, let's say anyone who's a fan that's over the age of 10 knows what happened. Yes. Understands the, the severity of it. Um, those of us like you and I who were around for it when it happened, you know, we understand all that. And it's like, mm-hmm. so first of all, it's like, why are you, in, in, in the internet world, walking up to a hornet's nest and deciding you want to kick it. Mm-hmm. Why? Just why? Uh, secondly, you know, uh, so just getting that out of the way, <laughs> you know, it's like all the apology stuff. It's like, why why do you even broach the subject? Mm-hmm. You know, I, f- I follow a lot of wrestling pages and, and some of them will post uh, Benoit matches and the yeah. comments are always a shit show. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone has very strong feelings on the matter. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, maybe I'm reading too deep into this, but one of the things that stood out to me was when she chose her wording as he couldn't 100% hang. <laughs> yeah. What, what, was this like... <sighs> Was this like a terrible faux pas? Like, did you know goddamn well what you were doing? And you were just really, you didn't just kick that hornet's nest. You fucking stomped on it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, secondly, you know, okay, let, 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 let's let's take what she's saying at face value as if someone was actually trying to have a serious conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we know what led the man to do what he did. And we know that it's, uh, you know, as, as NFL fans... Um, well, I shouldn't say NFL fans. I'll say football fans. Yeah. Um, we know that CTE is a very serious thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no shit. He probably couldn't, uh, you know, keep up today. If yeah. he was still around today, he'd probably be on his way out. He'd probably be one of these guys, you know, maybe he'd have the longevity of a Jericho. 
Um, but he also might be one of those guys like a Cena who just, you know, he's not really doing it much anymore. Yeah. Um, plus with the CTE, yeah, who knows what kind of state he'd be in right now. So it's like, yeah. again, why, why are you even bringing this up? And, and then the whole, you know, kind of spitting on the man after the fact, you know, like bringing up what he did and saying he should never be defended, this and that, may he burn in hell, yada, yada. I, I don't really want to put myself out there with like a hard agree or disagree. I mean, because to me, it's one of those things where, you know, you can get into this really long discussion that we could have a whole philosophical episode about, you know, nature versus nurture, what's actually evil versus mental illness and such and such. So, you know, yeah. it may sound like a cop out, but for me, it's one of those things where it's like may he burn in hell i don't know i mean obviously what he did was terrible and yeah. like reprehensible yeah. um you know dark side of the ring talked about this a little bit but their mm-hmm. credibility has been called into question lately as well mm-hmm. um about whether or not this could have been like a sudden onset cte thing or whether or not he was um a piece of shit all along yeah. there are very differing opinions on that so with the whole may he burn in hell I'm not going to touch that one, you know. Obviously, what he did was reprehensible. I'm not trying to give the man a pass, but I'm also not going to walk up to his grave and piss on it either because I don't know what was going on with that man's brain. Yeah. All I know is that if you are going to judge the man simply on his work, Chris Benoit is one of the absolute greatest to ever do it, and I will hear nothing else on the matter. Yeah, that's very true. He was absolutely one of the greatest. Right. Did he have the charisma of a Shawn Michaels? No, but he definitely was one of the best to ever do it. A lot of people couldn't hang with him in the mm-hmm. ring. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to walk up to the man to spin on his on his grave. Uh, you know, he, you we don't know what's going on. Plus, I'm able to also separate the art. Yes, I consider pro wrestling an art uh, from the artist. You know, as mm-hmm. someone who, uh, for those that are hearing me for the first time, will know. Um, the one thing I love more than professional wrestling is cinema. And in cinema, you have similar situations. One of my favorite films is Chinatown. It was directed by a man named Roman Polanski, who, for those of you who don't know, is currently in Europe because if he comes to the United States, he will be arrested on site for allegedly raping a minor. Mm. So <sighs> then there's guys like Woody Allen. I can I can acknowledge his contribution to film while also saying, yeah, he's kind of a scummy, creepy guy, you know, so... What Benoit did was what he did, but you can also separate that from from his work. Yeah. But going, but I feel like I'm digressing a little bit. Going back to her tweet again, it's like, why are you doing the twelve year old in his mom's basement on the internet thing? Why are you stirring shit up and doing yeah. it in such a distasteful way? And yeah. I feel like you said that she's the current Impact Women's Champion. Yeah, she is the uh, the Knockouts Champion, and to like um so. You know, for those you know, for those of you that are listening, that are going to be listening to this um, uh, to this joint right here, um, uh, Chris Benoit, uh, it was a a murder suicide. So, like yes. according to what was um, what was put out there, he he killed his wife, killed his son, and then he killed himself. You know, so like uh, Benoit, like if you ever saw Chris Benoit wrestler. He was a very um, 
he he was technical, but he was snug. Snug meaning that that a lot of the stuff that he did was, you know, like almost like what they would call a shoot fight. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I want to let the people know, you know, neither Sean or myself are condoning um what happened or what he supposedly did, because according to a lot of people, he supposedly had some kind of issue with the Italian mob and they set up that whole way. That's a conspiracy. You know, who I never knows heard that, that one before. Yeah, you know, so who knows if that's true or if it's not. So um the his wife who he murdered, uh, there was an angle back in the WCW days. This was when Chris Benoit was part of the Four Horsemen, that legendary mm -hmm. stable. And he snatched up um, a woman, whose real name is Nancy. And she was the, at, at that point, she was the estranged wife of Kevin Sullivan, who was one of the bookers, one of the agents in WCW. So, of right course, quick, you know, uh, is this is this kayfabe or, or reality? Uh, that's reality. Okay, and did okay. this did this spill into kayfabe as well? Did they run with it into yeah, the story? They did. Yeah, they okay. did. So uh, they ran with it. Of course, there was a promo that Benoit cut in which he was telling Kevin Sullivan that he was well, he was snatching his wife, and that's exactly what ended up happening. So, uh. Jordan Grace, you know, she's been known for putting her foot, well, both feet in her mouth. She says she says she's very outspoken. She says a lot of stupid shit. She got into some more shit currently because apparently they were body shaming her husband, who's Jonathan Gresham, the former ROH champion who lost his belt to Claudio Castagnoli, who many of you would know as Cesaro. From WWE. Congrats, okay. Cesaro. Congrats, so, Cesaro. So, um, yeah, you know, she started talking about some stupid shit. So, of course, when she went on that little rant, it was only natural for people to get on her, both fans, wrestlers alike, especially, you know, because they started asking, like, okay, so what brought this on? You know, what was the reason for you to say what you did? You, uh, you never met the dude. You know, his... His oldest son is still alive. You know, you could have spoken to him. You know, you could have spoken to, to Nancy's sister. You could have spoken to other people and not just do this just to get what a reaction to get shitted on and then do that. Woe is me. No, you, nah, that's, that's not the way it works, you know. And, you know, fucking, you know, Sean and I, you know, we're two old school dudes. You know, we have a different mentality when it comes to, to the people of today, like in the way they think, you know. So I'm gonna read off her apology and what she that many people are considering bullshit. Okay. So this is what she said. Last week I made an irresponsible and unnecessary tweet. Regardless yeah. of how my personal emotions influence my opinion, I should have recognized the impact my words would have on friends and family close to the situation. I was completely thoughtless in that regard. Since reflecting this past week, I reached out privately to, privately to friends and family that I angered or hurt. Among those was David Benoit, Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Jericho, who are supporting me in the decision to partner and fundraise with the Concussion Legacy Foundation 
formerly Sports Lit Sports Legacy Institute. I have pledged five thousand dollars with the overall campaign goal of being twenty thousand. I'm actually aware that the damage has been done. I would never intentionally add on to the suffering of those already dealing with such a traumatic event, and I'm sorry for my insensitivity and 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 aggravating this already delicate topic. This is my way of attempting of, of attempting to squeeze something positive out of the negative situation I crafted. Thank you in advance to everyone who donates. So your thoughts on her apology? Bullshit or legit? Or say well, well, um, you know, I I I want to believe that there are times when people really lack foresight you know mm-hmm. uh you and i have both um worked with and i'm sure as well personally independently known people that you know you think man does this person ever think before they speak or do they ever think before they act yeah and that's not always malicious a lot of times it's just stupid and so yeah. a lot of times those people do realize the impact of their words and they're kind of like oh shit you know so i mean is she like that maybe uh one people one thing that people that know me knows i like to give people the benefit of the doubt some people joke that it's like a trademark of mine but here's the thing you go back to the original tweet her opening sentence before her take is quote this is going to be the coldest take i ever tweet on this app i already know y'all gonna be mad mm-hmm. so Right there, you're showing that you know what you're doing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of leaning more on saving face bullshit, especially, um, and I was not aware of this, but you mentioned this earlier, that apparently this is not her first time um, going on the, the Twitter space and uh, seeking attention for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, she's had a lot of issues on on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, you are your own worst enemy. And I said this numerous times about a lot of people. And she just can't seem to get out of her own way. You know, and you know how you just mentioned right now, as far as the coldest take, you know, I can be mad, et cetera, et cetera. And of so course, you already you know, knew. Yeah, you know, she knew. Look, she knew that by her doing what she did she was going to get some attention. And it's like, if you want to get attention, get it because of your craft, because of who you are between those ropes and what you do. And even with that, there's people out there uh, within her company, Impact, that don't even like her because she rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And that's so, a lot. Exactly. You know, that, that says a lot about who she is as a person and her character. And it's like, you know, there's very few, you know, of course, you know, we're all going to give an opinion as far as like when it comes to tragedy, you know, and we all remember like if for those of for those people that tuned into Raw when that tragedy happened, you know, um, Vinnie Mac and them, they didn't know the details of the whole situation. All they knew was that Chris Benoit was dead, his son and his wife. That's all they knew. They knew nothing yeah. about it until later on. And, of course, they had to retract a lot of things. He's been erased from the WWE library. But those those people, those 
wrestlers who remember Chris Benoit, who remember who he was as a person before CTE started fucking with him. Because if you if you YouTube Chris Benoit and there's a video of him, you see that one of the moves that he has is a diving headbutt. That's head trauma. And if you do it continuously, continuously, and of course, the type of style that he wrestled. And back in those days, a lot of these wrestlers used to, used to take actual chair shots. They didn't put their hands up. They would take that shit to the head. A lot of these high-risk maneuvers. Because, you know, besides him being a, a technical wrestler, he was also a high flyer and a brawler. So, you know, he was a mix of all these three things. And he was, you know, he was a high-impact dude. So, you know, they bring up a lot of these ex-football players. Fucking Davey yeah. Boy Smith, because of the type of wrestling that he did. This day, um, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, no. Fucking. Excuse me. Dynamite Kid. Because of the type of wrestling that he did. You know, half of that fucking outstanding tag team, the British Bulldogs. Because of the type of style oh, yeah. that he wrestled. Dude's now in a wheelchair. And it's a sad thing to see. You know, like yeah. you, see, you know, you see him getting pushed around. And, you know, and when you see these dudes, like, especially if you see now, like, the younger talent and, you know, fucking, it, it, it's like they said, um, you know, like, oh, well, these young dudes, why are they doing this unnecessary shit? Why? Because they want to get a reaction from people like myself, people like you, whenever you tune on your TV, whenever you go see these guys, whether it be at a major event in Indy or whatever, and you see these dudes just doing some crazy, excuse me, some crazy out there shit just for the entertainment of the people, you know. And as you know, as years go by, because youth is not forever, you know. Mm -hmm. And as years go by, you know, they start uh, feeling the effects. You know, they yeah. start like noticing certain things, probably like loss of memory. And CTE in football, one of the um, fuck, what was this guy's name? It was a wide receiver who just recently passed away because he was suffering from CTE. And this guy was only 32 years old. Oh, shit. Is it Demarius Thomas? Might have been him. You know, let's, you know, let's, um, let's look and see. You know, because I think it might have been Demarius Thomas, but it's, it's just, let me see, Demarius. Yeah, he died uh, December 9th, twenty twenty one. Yeah, so you but know that, but is that what that was? Hmm. Uh, well, discovered unconscious. Cause of death is believed to be a seizure regarding secondary injuries in a car crash. So no, yeah, it's definitely not him. Yeah, it's well, well, you know, our sad, sadly, football has yeah countless ones. I mean, you know, uh, I think you were about to. You know, apologies to anyone related to Demarius Thomas. You know, so well, you like, well, you like apologies to that and to the fans out there. But there was uh there was an NFL player recently who passed away from stuff like that. You know, like uh, the legendary uh the legendary Junior Seau. He suffered from CTA. Junior Seau is yep. a, is a tragic case. Um, you know, as as a fellow Niner fan, uh. You know, one of the things that broke my heart, but I totally understood it, was Patrick Willis leaving the game so early. Yeah. One of the coldest motherfucking hitters in the game. I mean, yep. he was such an amazing linebacker. I've got two of his jerseys. Yeah. Um, 
and it sucked to see him go. Mm-hmm. But as more and more of that CT stuff started coming out, I was like, I get it, dude. I yeah. completely get it. Yeah. Um, you know, Calvin Johnson retired relatively early in his early. life. Um, well, Borland, remember Borland for the Niners, a linebacker. He retired early because, you know, he was suffering from concussion syndromes. So, you know, he... he Didn't we the, have a... Go ahead. Yeah, Borland, yeah, uh, the guy that used to play linebacker for us. And he um, uh, he called it a career early because... That's right, yeah. You know, because he had a couple of concussions and it's... He had his know, bell rung a couple of times. And yeah. we thought he was going to be a successor to Patrick Willis. Yep. And we were like, read, oh, man, this yep. raw kid is out there smacking fools. And then one day, it was like before the season began, I think he retired. And when they oh, asked the him, he, he said, hey, during practice, I got my bell rung a few times. Yeah. And, and if that kid ever, is smart enough to say, hey, that, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had a concussion, you know, like, fuck, you know, I had a couple of concussions. You know, like in, you know, this was playing football. Um, I, I had one as a Marine. You know, I got my bell rung, and it's like that. You know it, you know that you kind of black out. You start seeing stars or whatever. You feel kind of dizzy, but I've never had it to the extent that a lot of these people have, as far as like, like the next couple of days throwing up, blurry vision or whatever. That's what's but scary. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's scary. It's fucked up, and you know, like you know, it's like I said. You know, I'm not. You know, like we're not condoning what what happened. You know, as far right. as what led to to the murder suicide of of Chris Benoit and his family, you know, but for Jordan Grace, who if you don't watch Impact Wrestling, you're like, who the fuck is she? Yeah, I I Who's partially she? didn't know because yeah. you know here and there I try to catch Impact. No disrespect to the uh, people who make that happen. I know putting on a wrestling show at any level is tough, but um. Mm-hmm. A, right now, it's a wonderful time to be a wrestling fan if you eat, live, and breathe it because there's always something for you to catch up on. Mm-hmm. And B, since I'm not quite there, uh, yeah, I have to pick and choose what I can watch, what I can mm-hmm. squeeze time out for. And so I haven't really seen a lot of impact. So I didn't know who she was. And yeah, when I saw that tweet, I was like, whoa. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it, I think that's what she wanted. Yeah. Because you know? now we're, we're talking about her. Yeah, because now, you know, if you are one of these people, like, and you heard about what she did, it may bring eyes to the product for the negative reasons, but at least be like, oh, shit, you know, Impact, you know, let me check this chick out, you know, because she went, you know, I think one of her, I think one of her um, nicknames is Thick Mama Pump. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and of course, you that, you know, name, that, you know she got that nickname, you know, with the blessing of. The big bad booty daddy, big pop up pop. Okay, all right. She's you an honorary that, freak, is she? Oh, yeah, ain't a freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for Mr. Scott Slander, she gave every, you know, for he gave everybody the bird and yeah, gave it to the entire arena. Speaking yeah, of did. birds, man. Okay, you and I, you know, we've been fans for you know since we were snot nose and shit, way behind the ears. Didn't even hit puberty or balls didn't drop. Whatever, you know, mm-hmm. we're waiting for that moment to happen. Know because of all the ladies who are coming on, oh, but yeah. <laughs> so here is the main topic right now going on in professional wrestling. The it's a big one, quote unquote, retirement of yeah, Vinny <laughs> Mac. So okay, now you know before we get into the whole 
scandal, whatever. What are your memories of Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Wow, what a name. I know, right? He's made for this business. He's yeah. put on to this to do that. Um, so before y'all uh, start adding me, as the uh, kids say, you know, uh, remember what I was saying earlier, all right, about certain film directors and Benoit. Um, old Vinnie Mac Daddy has been accused of a lot of terrible things. <laughs> a lot. So, so I'm separating that from what he has done for this business. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can say that about a lot of people in a lot of industries and stuff. Yeah. So memories of Vince McMahon in this business. First of all, one of the things that I think I was a little too young to appreciate at the time, because, you know, I'm a bit younger than you are, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I did appreciate it. It was like, holy shit. But I think knowing the business a bit more now as an adult, I would have it would have hit even harder. Mm-hmm. Was the gradual tiptoeing into the attitude era where as a kid, I still didn't really quite know that he was anything more than a commentator because he was mm-hmm. he was commentator and you know when they gradually started tiptoeing there the the raw set slowly got all red ropes and spray painted the the ring post black and they slowly introduced the titan tron and that big stage and ramp mm-hmm. and you started seeing you know bret hart his gradual heel turn when he was lashing out and then Shawn Michaels and, and Hunter, when they were starting to form DX, they would say things to, to Vince that was out of kayfabe. <laughs> out and they of like, Yeah, and then they would kind of like mention, you know, uh, the Madison Square Garden incident, the curtain call, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And then they'd kind of be like, oops, are we not supposed to say that, boss? You know, like, and, you know, I was, I was kind of at this age where I was just a few years shy of really understanding what they were doing and what they were getting. And so the fact that he was doing that while knowing how old school he was about protecting the business and kayfabe must, you know, that kind of stuff, the fact that he's willing to do that, he's also in, he was also on the ropes figuratively from WCW. So he had to do what he could, but the fact that he was doing that was really cool. Um, you can watch so many highlights of this man embarrassing himself and, and, and putting mm-hmm. himself through physical hell. And he did it for his company. Yeah. He did it for his business. Um, to this day, again, being a cinema guy, one of my absolute favorite shots ever is, and it was so cinematic for, for a wrestling show. I believe it was the WrestleMania where he fought Hulk Hogan and he had spilled out of the ring and you just see the camera kind of goes in past Hogan towards the mat and you see the apron in the mat and you just see Vince slowly kind of come up like this <laughs> with blood all over his face like this villain just kind of with this crazy <laughs> and it was just the greatest fucking thing ever and I mean you know the bump that he took at uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre off the cage into the table or was it off mm-hmm. a ladder into a table the, the horrible stunners the, <laughs> oh know, yeah the the kiss my ass club having oh, Rikishi yeah. having his face put into Rikishi's ass and you know this man did so much and he did it for the fans he did yeah. it so that we would be entertained he did it so you know you can be a cynic and say you did so we would buy tickets but yeah but he knew that we would buy tickets if we were entertained he wanted us yeah. to be entertained for better or worse you know he, he had that carny mentality and you know even up until the end um 
uh, up until recently, you know, I, I would criticize them a lot for what off more often than not, sadly was, was what I felt was really bad booking and not properly utilizing certain talents. Hmm. But even up until the end, you know, said talents, Vince had this ability to really sniff out that it factor. Mm-hmm. He knew he could look at you and yeah, yeah, you 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 got it. You're gonna be a star. Yeah, I can make you big. Yeah. You know, um, AW, uh, and I'm glad that there's a space for this to their credit. They're kind of like, you know, hey, we're for the wrestlers. And if you're a wrestler, you know, we'll try to. And that's great. But but WWE can and does very well say, you know, what would work for you is if we did this. And and a lot of times it's, it's, it's terrible and it's bad. Sometimes you're like, you and I have said, why the hell did they put this stupid outfit on the sky or, or this name? <laughs> yeah. But then there's times too where you know it's like man, like they really gave this dude some of the rawest entrance music I have ever heard uh, with a dope <laughs> costume with a cool name, you know. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, you know, is one of the biggest things right now, uh, yeah. whether you like him or not. And you know, if he was in AEW, he would be Jason Anoa'i, and you know, or Joe Anoa'i, and he would be, uh, you know, rocking some trunks and a man bun and just, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at me. I want to talk, you know, but but now, you know, there's this tribal chief thing going on. And he's got yep. this entrance and he's got, you know, that's Vince. Yeah. Okay. My favorite wrestler of all time. The goat for me personally, the undertaker. Mm-hmm. If there was no Vince, he would have, I don't know if he would have had as legendary of a career and he would have retired as mean mark callus you know or something along those lines yeah the undertaker is vince mcmahon kane is vince mcmahon glenn jacobs you know would he have had a career without that gimmick so vince for me you know he definitely put the entertainment in sports entertainment for sure sometimes maybe a little too much but he he definitely did a good job and uh you know one of my favorite moments, I think, uh, that comes to mind, maybe because it's so recent, and, and he probably wouldn't like it for this reason, but it's just that horrible stunner he took at this year's <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah, it was terrible. Just the way his legs gave out. Um, but, you know, you give the devil his due. Uh, this is a man who, uh, another favorite moment of mine, slid into a ring and upon doing so, blew out both of his <laughs> quads. <for laughs> man. Blew out both quads. And I, I gotta say, I have never blown out a quad, but I can imagine it would be very, very painful. And I'm still in my 30s, just hanging on to those years. Mm-hmm. And uh, this man was, uh, what, probably 60s at that point when he did it, and um, and he did not flinch. He tried <laughs> to get up and he couldn't, mm-hmm. so he kind of collapsed. And then when he collapsed, he. The show must go on. He continued doing what he came out there to do. He was yelling at the ref. I think the I think the angle was um, two men, the final two entrants at a Royal Rumble eliminated at the same time. So the refs were arguing about who it was. So I think he was going to say restart the match or something. 
But as soon as those quads blew out and he fell on his ass, he just he just sat there, looked up at the refs, and continued to bark at them about you know whatever it was. I forget how it ended. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, Jesus, like who who would do that? How many people? How many? How many? How many people would be clutching at their leg, rolling back out, and you see the ref doing this? You know, like Vince Vince is a legend, man. He is. You know, that's why, like, you know, with you know, with uh, with Vinnie Mac. Uh, for a disclaimer for all the uh, like, if a wrestler happens to check this joint out, Sean and I were we are from the outside looking in because I know a lot yeah. of you motherfuckers get your panties in a bunch. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, man, because you assholes put your shit out there for people like myself and people like Sean to know about your little yeah. language, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know. But my first when I first saw Vinnie Mac, Vince McMahon. You know, he was, he had that ugly baby blue WWF jacket. You know, he was teamed the, up with the um, Hall of Fame jacket with the patch. Yeah, yeah. Whatever fucking that, that ugly piece like, of shit. Yeah. You know, and he was these, you know, he was this dude that would be like at some control center. He'll be right there. Oh, yeah, we got this match coming up on Saturday. Uh, I remember that seeing that set. Yeah. You know, and the guy that a lot of people thought before they knew. That he bought the federation from his father, Vince Sr., when it was WWWF. The World Wide Wrestling Federation. Exactly. You know, so so we were just looking at this like, oh, man, what the fuck's this Vince McMahon guy? He, you know, he has a personality of a fucking soiled diaper. You know, <laughs> so you yeah. see this guy, you're like, man, who the fuck is this guy? So the main guy that will come out there and like kind of crack the, the whip. Was this guy named Jack Tunney? Okay, mm-hmm. so he was like an honor person. That people were like, "Oh shit, look, that's that must be the owner. He is the boss." Because whenever he was gonna reprimand, I don't know, for example, fucking Captain Lou Albano for for I don't know doing some shit. Well, you know, fucking, but he was gonna reprimand the wrestler. It'll be that guy. And he was the man who uh, ordered the rematch between Hogan and Undertaker. It made me so go. mad when I was a kid. So Rick, Flair inter- Rick Flair interfered, so we're going to have a rematch this Tuesday in Texas. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's so, who Jack Honey was. He was the authority yeah. figure. Ex- yeah, the authority figure, and those things got played out as the years went by. Oh, so, yes. So, of course, you know, you would see Vince McMahon. You would see this dude teamed up with Jesse the Body Ventura. You see him teamed up with Gorilla Monsoon. Rest in peace. You see him teamed up with Bobby the Brain. Rest in peace. It's sad to be saying that, but you know, these legends that have passed on. This is the industry we're in, though, that we're talking about, you know. Exactly, you know. So so you'll so you'll see Vince McMahon just being right there, kind of like the play-by-play dude, like what Michael Cole currently is to Pat McAfee. He was very entertaining. He was a straight man. He was a straight man. He was the one look at that suplex. What a maneuver, man. You don't know anything, McMahon. Uh, he should have gouged him in the eye. That's a terrible Jesse the Body, but you know you kind of get the hint. So yeah. I would see this dude doing these things, and of course, as years went by, um, you know, a lot of a lot of us kid fans started getting older. Our interests weren't exactly wrestling. You know, women. I mean, girls, whatever. Um, video games and whatnot. So. They were losing like a lot of steam, both mm-hmm. WWF and WCW, which used to be the NWA. Fuck, I remember going to a super crappy house show at the Bill, at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium right here in San Francisco. 
this was a WCW event. They had no fucking barricade. It was just people, the wrestlers just walking right down the aisle. It was really bad, you know. But anyways, so going this, back to is the, this, is this around um, like Ron Simmons becoming heavyweight champion era WCW? Or is it earlier? Yeah, than that? Okay. yeah, it was kind of like around that time. You know, fucking Sting was still you know Hollywood blonde Sting. There was still a lot right, of right. that were there, and you know, so when you would see this, you're like, man, you know, this thing has gone down a lot. So. You know, like for all the shit that Vince McMahon gets, rightfully so, you know, like like for a lot of these dudes that have that have hung on for whatever glory they have for way too long, they haven't aged gracefully. If it wasn't for Vince McMahon, if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan and the other guy, if it wasn't for Ric Flair, where the fuck would wrestling be? Because these dudes like, you know, you would see Hulk Hogan. It's like that's when they started making the transition from that type of wrestling, you know, Vince McMahon, you're like, hmm, yeah, you know, Hulk Hogan is not that dude anymore. We need to go with a smaller, more technical wrestler. And that's when you had Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And you had who many, of course, he definitely considers himself the greatest <laughs> of all time, Brett the Hitman Hart. So he had these two, you know, you had these two dudes going at it. Of course, us being men, you know, we do feed our own ego by whatever it is, especially when you get a fine-ass woman. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, god damn it, they touch, come here. So, you know, you, you know, when you get that (laughs) type of hype, yeah, exactly. You know, when you get that type of hype, your ego gets super overinflated. You know, there were, you know, there was a lot of talk about Shawn Michaels being extremely egotistical, disrespectful, whatever, and of course. Bret Hart, you know, he was talking about leaving WW. Was it was it E or was it F? It was still left? F. Okay, it was F, still F yeah. for WCW. So of course there were a lot of issues, whatever. And then, you know, the Montreal Screw Job. Everybody out there, if you're a wrestling fan, I'm sure you know. I touched on this during one of the um, episodes about our Rage Bag. So blah blah blah. That led to that. Fucking Bret Hart spits in Vinnie Mac's face. He has that. F- well, that shit was so disgusting, just right down his face. Dude, God, Bret Hart nailed his ass. Nailed him. <laughs> yeah, especially because it was a long match. Wait, it wasn't that long. But, you know, like, it's kind of like when you have, like, that, you know, like, when he spat on his face and he's dripping down his cheek, and then, and then of course, he he's pissed. I mean, who the fuck wants to get spat on their face? You know, so, yeah. he, you know, he has that coming down his cheek. Backstage, supposedly, um, Bret Hart popped him on and knocked him out. You can see like like video clips of like Vinny Mac like, oh, coming all woozy and shit, looking fucked up. And then yeah. he was like, oh, well, I didn't screw Brett. Brett screwed Brett. He, and he, that he, he did he that. He, <laughs> he did that interview mm-hmm. on air uh, with uh, uh, good old Jr. Yeah. Good old Jr. Yeah, and he he. Where's your uh, Explain your actions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do do you feel remorse for what you did to Brett? And this, you know, Vince McMahon did not screw Bret Hart. Brett screwed Bret Hart. Screwed Bret Hart. Hart. And I know a lot of people, a lot of the fans, um, the uh, smarks as we're called, uh, who were very well aware of what was going on, were livid. Mm-hmm. And so this, because because look that that is kind of a shitty scumbag, you know, angle to oh, take right yeah. there. And um 
And so, yeah, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. That birthed the Mr. McMahon character. Mm -hmm. That started getting Vince booze. And what do you do if you're smart about it? When, you know, someone's supposed to be getting over, but they keep getting booze. Mm -hmm. He finally did it with Roman. He did it with The Rock. Yep. You say, okay, y'all want to boo me? I'll give you a reason to boo me. Because, you know, it's like, you know, with Vince McMahon, you know, when, when he transitioned into that character of Mr. McMahon, that's when he told everybody out there, hey, guess what? I am the owner of WWFE. That is me. I am yeah. your boss. So if you step out of line, guess what? You're fired. And he took that. He ran with it, of course, because, and then next, and you know, because, fuck, you know what I mean? They were losing fucking ratings. They were losing money. Oh, they yeah, couldn't afford time. to keep a lot of this talent. You know how you mentioned prior the whole Madison Square Garden incident with Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and who eventually became his son-in-law, Triple H. That Triple whole H. thing right there. Long-term storytelling. Yeah, because a lot <laughs> of these dudes, you know, they, they, Scott Hall, when, you know, he was trying to negotiate exactly for May, you know, may he rest in peace. You know, he was trying to, to negotiate a contract with WWE FE because he wanted to stay there, but Vince McMahon was losing money. He couldn't yeah. afford to keep this dude. So he was like, Hey, well, I can't afford to pay you. So you do what you got to do. And of course, WCW, Eric Bischoff at WCW, they made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. And then, you know, yeah. then came Scott Hall and with these two dudes, same thing without that group, but at the NWO, they they kicked shit off. Yeah. And they made it they made it interesting that for that's one thing about the wrestling of today. They don't really catch the attention of a casual fan. A casual fan, what I mean by that is somebody that doesn't really tune in. They're just like, yeah, yeah oh, fucking, I don't got shit to watch. Let me fucking let me see what's going on with wrestling. Ah, fuck this shit, man. Let me go back to streaming, whatever the fuck. So when they started going off that, you know, when the NWO and, of course, for, when Hulk Hogan became Hollywood Hogan and they started whooping ass. I'm talking about 83 straight weeks of ass whoopings that were handed yeah. by WCW. And these guys went told to total like, you know, fuck these guys. That's what you should do. Like, if your opponent is down, that you are not being martial artists, we know if you got to finish it, you never leave it in the hands of the judges. So... Yeah. They took that. They stepped on WWE's throat. They yes, kept they it did. on it. And then you know, they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We need to get fucking more creative. And that's when Vinnie Mac started stepping his game up. He started doing his thing. He started like, all right, you know, we got to do something about this shit because this is 83 weeks that we keep getting our asses. What? So yeah. him being the guy that he is, you know, he he knew he knew who to hire to make certain things happen. And that's when he brought in Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. He brought yeah. these guys in. It was kind of low class when Ed Ferrara fucking was doing like a, boot, a bootleg fucking JR, all because of fucking Vinnie Max request because JR, you know, when he had Bell's policy and he had that, that shit that happened to him. So, yeah. you know, when they started doing that fucked up shit and, you will see, like, 
fucking this this whole switch of like okay because you had dudes like stone cold i mean who out there did not want to put hands on their fucking punk ass scumbag boss stone cold <laughs> classic moments that whole angle and that whole overarching story tapped into something global that mm-hmm. transcended you know you can live in a communist regime a capitalist regime you could live in europe america whatever who has not had someone that was a literal or figurative boss and there were times where you're just like boy if i could just beat your ass <laughs> and every time stone cold outsmarted vince mm-hmm. every time he beat him to the punch every time he stunned his ass and uh flipped him off even just flipping him off mm-hmm. That tapped into something in humanity. That was that was mm-hmm. cathartic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's the genius of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the NWO invading WCW was cool, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't tap into something. Yeah. You're just watching this wild, crazy event. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold sticking it to his boss tapped into something. Mm-hmm. That was so yeah. relatable. Even if you're a kid, replace the word boss with teacher. There are teachers that oh, I wish yeah. I could have kicked in the gut and then <laughs> grabbed and stunned. You know, I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, even even like for you know, for those of us, you know, for those of us who uh, who served in the military, there were a couple of guys that really took advantage of the rank. And you really wanted to put hands on these guys. We're like, you know what? I'm sure I can because that person has a higher rank. I know I could whoop that motherfucker's ass, but I gotta respect the rank. So it's that's like the worst you- is when you know what you can do. Yeah. But you can't <laughs> exactly. You know, so when you started seeing this whole, this like the boss, the evil boss getting his from Stone Cold, and then from right there, transition, the Undertaker put hands on him, fucking all the, and then when he brought his family into the whole thing, his son, his daughter, his wife, all that scumbaggery because they're like, well, you know, these are some silver spoon fucking rich kids they don't know what it is so when they started getting their asses whooped much respect to the mcmahon's because they did everything to entertain you yeah and i mean you myself the and the millions of fans i out. i highly doubt that you know anyone had a gun to their head and i mean who knows maybe they literally did but as far mm-hmm. as i know they didn't they uh, i'm sure vince could have been like look I could see him saying something along the lines of, I'm not asking you guys to do something I wouldn't do. Yep. And if you and if you don't want to, I understand. Yep. But I mean, Linda participated in angles where he was blatantly cheating on her and disrespecting <laughs> oh, her. Real and life then, uh, TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, his own daughter, mm-hmm. was in angles where she was being called a slut, a Sluts. whore, a hoe, um, all kinds of shit. Shane. Um, was back. a spoiled rich uh, bastard, you know, and mm-hmm. Papa's boy, and mm-hmm. the whole family, you know, pretty much debased themselves at some point or another. And but you know, they had payoffs. They all got their revenge, and they all got mm-hmm. their comeuppance. And I can't think of a scenario where a group of people put themselves out there, especially Vince, uh, mm-hmm. to yeah. to entertain us, to make us mm-hmm. laugh. I mean, you and yeah. I could have a whole. If we really wanted to have a circle jerk about Vinnie Mac, we could have a whole episode where we talk about, remember this moment when this happened? Remember when Vince did this? Because there's so many times. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, 
we could also have another episode about all the horrific allegations about on Vince. But as far as an entertainer and 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 coming up with stuff, I mean, yeah, I mean the guy's a legend, and he 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 did so much to entertain us, and I am thankful for that. Yeah. Are there wrestlers who I thought didn't get a fair shake? Are there storylines that I thought went out with a whimper when they could have went out with a bang and left me very disappointed? Sure. Mm-hmm. But there was also great times. The Attitude Era is such a big part of my childhood. I mean, I cannot emphasize to some people the excitement of being in school on a Monday with your friends who are wrestling fans and just literally all you could talk about. You'd find some moments to talk about um, real sports. You'd find some moments to talk about uh, music, movies, a video game those hot chicks uh, sitting across the table from you because <laughs> that was about that age, you know, middle school. But a good chunk of the conversation was, you know, what do you think Stone Cold's going to do tonight on Raw? You know, you, you mm-hmm. know, oh, dude, do you think Taker's going to finally fight Kane? You know, oh, uh, and then the next two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, you're just talking about what happened. Yeah. Oh, and then remember when this happened? Oh, that was so cool. Oh, that he did this. Oh, you know, and, and it was just years straight like that. I mean, that that's what that era was, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, when, and that's and that's thanks to Vince. Yeah, that's why you know, like, a dude like him, you know, I mean, just like a lot of rich people, you know, they take advantage of their wealth, their power, you know, they abuse their authority, you know, they get a lot of people to do like a lot of fucked up shit. They belittle yeah. people, they demean yeah. people, and it's like you know. He, you know, like with the accusations that have come out recently, and it's like, you know, he, 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 you know, it's like how we said about um about Benoit. You know, we're not condoning yeah. the fucked up fucking shit that Vince McMahon has done to people. And of course, you know, we talk about a lot of these wrestlers that are kind of bitter. They're like, oh man, that motherfucker, you know, he promised me this, that never happened. And of course, as the years have gone by, I mean, this motherfucker's 77 years old. So, you know, he's up there in age. Who knows if he, you know, like a lot of people say, well, you're like, oh, you know, like this, you know, is this guy, is he, is he still lucid? You know, does he have all his wits, whatever it, you know, cause you would see that like in his product and I, you know, like, and I told, you know, when, when AEW was announced, I was excited. Cause I'm like, you know what? Oh, you and me both brother. You know, these dudes with who they have. You know, and I'm not talking about Kenny Omega. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the Young Bucks because I was seeing these guys in New Japan. I saw them when they came over to the Cow Palace for that G1. When I, you know, when they had Cody Rhodes, who knew the system, who is the son of the legendary American Dream Dad, Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, baby, yeah, <laughs> Blue Atho. You know, when you had <laughs> this dude, you know, you had like okay. He knew the system. His brother was there because his brother knew the WCW NWA system. Yeah. He knew the WWFE system. They knew a lot. Okay, this is what we got to do to make this shit work. This is what we should stay away from to make this shit work. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, so I started seeing it because it was something different. Because if you were watching Raw or or SmackDown or whatever, it always started off as the same shit. You had some motherfucker going out there talking for X amount of minutes, not really saying shit. You had the same old, same old, the authority figure. Like, come on, dude. Are we they all start off with a welcome to Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Guess what? Um, 
fucking Schmuckatelli beat up fuckface in the back. And then, and then in kayfabe, it seems like there was never any plan for the show because half of the matches were, you know, you cut a promo, I come out to talk shit to you, and then the authority figures like, how about we settle this with you two having a match? And it's like, so this wasn't on the schedule, huh? okay? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you got fucking evil scumbag beats up the beats up the hero. Hero's getting there, he's getting his ass whooped, double team, triple team. Here comes two more dudes. Let's have, a, let's have a six man. And finding you know, like, some way to work in some kind of cringe, like, yeah. um, you know, I'm sorry if some of you out there actually like this. I can't imagine who does, but like those 24-7 title angles with all these D-listers chasing each other around and acting like, literally acting like children. Yeah. If you've ever had a little sibling or a child and you pick them up from daycare and you see all these kids running around screaming, running around. That's, what, that's what I think of when I see the 24 title gimmicks and I, I just... Mm-hmm. I'm, I cringe. Yeah. And so that's some of the stuff, you know, if you, if we want to make this a little fair and balanced, that's some of the stuff about Vince that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's some of the stuff that uh, I was so excited about with AEW. I was like, I don't, I, I don't see them doing a lot of this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but again, like, like, like everything you got to take some of the good with the bad. Yeah. Cause you know, with, with, uh, with Vinny Mac, you know, he, he had what he can, you know, what he considers his prototype, his ideal wrestler for a long time, you know, fucking with Hulk Hogan and transitioned, you know, to fuck. I remember when the ultimate warrior who was a complete pain in the ass. A lot of these people may he may he rest in peace. And wow, what yeah. a way to go. You, you get yeah. inducted into the Hall of Fame. You go on raw. Make a speech. You make a speech. And the speech sounds very. Exactly. He's like, you know what? You know, I, I'm letting you guys know. That just in case this happens, because I think he knew. There you go, and then next yeah. you know he you know he dies. You know, and for whatever beef these people had with Vince McMahon, whether justified or not, he always made up with these people because at the end of the day, business is business. It's not personal, and a lot yeah. of people took it personal. Like even with fucking Eric Bischoff, who said he was gonna bankrupt WWFE, that of course didn't happen. It almost did. He came close. He came came close, close, you know, for 83 weeks. He came close. But then, like, Vinnie Mac, that stubborn light bulb, finally changed colors. He's like, you know what? We need to adapt to today's society. And when you started seeing, like, the crowds were fucking wild. I'm not talking about science. just blanketed by science. Some just outrageous shit. There's anyone listening. If there's anyone listening to this right now who is younger and a newer fan and was not watching that era live and hasn't gone back to rewatch some of that stuff, it is so hard to stress how fucking like insane the, yep. the crowds were. They were so hot. For both promotions. Signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Especially um, WCW, you had this a lot too, but in WWF... You sometimes couldn't even see the goddamn people. There were so many signs. They were holding up all these signs, whether they were their own inside jokes. I remember one time I saw a sign that had me laugh that said, Larry's fat. You know, there's no one on the product (laughs) named Larry. This was clearly someone hoping (laughs) his friend saw it, you know, and would be like, motherfucker, you know, like there were, there were, you know, um, uh, I'd rather be in China, you know, signs like that. May she rest in peace. You know, a lot of jokes about a lot of jokes about the product. And then, you know, just simple Austin 316 and you know and I mean Yeah, and and then I mean go back and watch some of these clips and 
you know, I know that little disclaimer I just said, it probably doesn't apply because they do so many retro rewind things, but there are so many times where as soon as you heard that glass break or something to that effect, I mean, you just the, the eruption. I, I remember reading a thread on Reddit one time where someone described a moment. I forget what moment it was, but it was one of those big Austin moments, like the beer truck or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they said, and I am not exaggerating, I literally felt the concrete beneath my feet vibrating because of how lit that crowd was. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's Vince. Yeah. You know, that's Vince. Of course it takes two to tango. Of course he's not going to take some stale, no charisma having person and make them into that. You know, obviously Austin had a big hand in that. You can say the same thing about Hogan and whoever. Yeah. No, no one makes the undertaker work the way Mark Calloway did. But the gimmick was Vince. So, you know, the, it goes hand in hand. And so, you know, if we're going to remember this man's legacy, um, at least on the positive side of the spectrum, you know, that that's the kind of stuff, man, that I still remember to this day. And, and I don't think I'm ever going to forget, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, yeah, dude. And it's, you know, like, and, you know, we all remember those moments of fucking Stone Cold popping them over the head with the bedpan. I mean, shit, there's a... Dude, that meme, that meme right there, you're like, I posted that thing on my yeah. Instagram and it shared onto my Facebook stories, whatever. My aunt, my grandmother's sister, she hits, she, she slid into my DMs. Not in that way. <laughs> slid into my DMs. And she was like, hey, nephew, how are you? Like, are you okay? Are you at the hospital? Because it looks like you're hitting somebody <laughs> over the head with a bedpan. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what is she talking about? And then I see the attachment. And it was that that you know that meme that I posted of of like Stone Cold popping Vinnie Mac over the head with the bedpan. But the camera guy was Leonardo DiCaprio and that, you know, that <laughs> Django Jenner. You know, and I was like, yeah. so I was like. Yeah, and you know I'm okay. You know that's just just you know, that's just a meme. That's not me. I'm not hitting anybody over the head with a bed. I'm not that jacked. I'm a little you know, darker than that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> fucking. You know, I still got my eyebrows and shit. You know, <laughs> the same hairline, most likely stone cold. But um, you know, but you, but you remember shit like that, and it's like there's yeah. really nothing like that going on right now. Now the one thing, you know, when we uh, transition as far as um. Vinnie Mac, when that announcement came out, you know, not gonna lie, dude, like I was in the can when I got the alert <laughs> um, from Bleacher. Report, I'm like, wait, I'm like, okay, you know, this is wrestling. We all know these motherfuckers are professional workers. They yeah, know yeah. how to work the crowd. You don't know yeah. what's real. You don't know what's fake. Is that suspension yeah. of disbelief that sometimes nowadays does not exist? And that right there kind of fucks with a lot of things because. You want that suspension of disbelief because you want that. Okay, is this real? Is this fake? Because right, I'm intrigued. You know, like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. you know, this is, you know, it sounds pretty. What is this? You know. So yeah. let me read. Uh, let me read off Vinnie Mac's tweet that set the wrestling world on fire. God damn it! <laughs> damn you! Damn you, Sean! God damn it! This is from Vince McMahon's official Twitter. At 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE. Hashtag 
thankful. So this, of course, was posted on the 22nd of July at 1.05 p.m. our time. So I'm sure you must have got an alert or maybe it was like, hey, man, did you hear that fucking asshole retired? So when he retired, <laughs> what immediately came to you? are like, ah, is this motherfucker working an angle? Or is this legit? Or because of all the shit that I was coming out, the allegations that supposedly um, a former WWE diva in those days, Christy Hammy, who appeared in Playboy, very nice issue. That <laughs> you know, it's she, somewhere in this room, somewhere, yeah, somewhere know. like you know, you know, probably have some sticky pages. Who knows? And probably a lot of socks that got thrown away. You know, <laughs> hey, in the spank bank. But uh, sh- hey, wait. Now, like on that perverted, my uh, on that perverted note. Shout out to the biggest pervert that you and I know, the filthiest man. Ah, uh, filthy, the filthy one. Yes, that man will sit on anybody's lap, and for free. You don't got to pay hey. me to laugh for free. But anyways, you know, so, so of course, you know, these, um, <laughs> these things started coming in, uh, coming out about Vince McMahon, how he was paying all these women. And you knew that it was credible because of who put it out there, which was weird because it was yeah. the Wall Street Journal. So when all this shit started coming out, they're like, oh shit, what the, f-? you know, some were and some weren't surprised because of who he is. You know, yeah, and then yeah. and then it's like, you know, when it started getting further further into details about the supposed allegations and what happened, the violation of NDAs, you and I know we, uh, you and I working at the same location that we did. We you and I know about NDAs. We know that yeah. there is a consequence behind a violation of an NDA because yes. of a lot of fine print that's been put out there by the lawyers of what you can and can't say. Which you can and can't record, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Serious business. Exactly. Very serious. So, of course, it's like when when they started talking about these payouts, you know, at first they're like, oh, well, it's his money. It's not the company's money. So they weren't really stressing that shit, you know? So when they started talking about that, it was a former uh, superstar within the roster. So, of course, uh, this allegedly happened back in 2005. Christy Hemme, who we mentioned like fucking a while ago, she supposedly gave him head. Fucking, I guess, like this kept going and going and going. Right quick. Now, um, has that much actually come out? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you're not, you're not spouting off what might have happened. Like uh, uh, the actual allegation is that that's what she did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this was, cause, um, this 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 was reported by a credible source, which is kind of it's very rare in today's age because a lot of people just go off what they see, clickbait, <laughs> yeah, and run with it, just run. But with then it sometimes a story, sometimes a story has been going for so long, getting enough steam that mm-hmm. then you do kind of want to start like, okay, well, this is probably, you know, yeah, fuck, you know how it is, brother. It's like you know, you tell somebody something, next thing you know, you're like, oh shit, man, hey, did you hear this? Yeah. By the yeah. time it gets back, you know, by the time it's full circle. Is something completely different. So we all remember the game in, in kindergarten, the uh, telephone. Yeah, you know. So keep keep whispering the same thing <laughs> to the next person. See how much yeah. it changes. And be like, you know, look, I'm gonna fuck with this person. Will make something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit, that sounds more interesting than whatever the fuck he told me. So, yeah. so you know, like as it you know, like as it keeps going and it keeps going. Um, so eventually she got tired of that, you know, and I guess when she said 
fuck this, I'm cool. That's when her TV time started decreasing. That's when a demotion occurred. And eventually that led to her being released. And I, I like me personally, dude, I never heard about her after that in any because it really wasn't a promotion other than it was just WWE and TNA. And that thing turned into a clusterfuck because they started bringing on a lot of people that were in WCW. They knew how to manipulate the system. They were getting uh, just unnecessary money. Hulk Hogan was one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so she was one of these people. And of course, there was multiple people, supposedly, according to sources. Um, Vince McMahon and his wife, Linda, have not been together for fucking over a decade that they haven't slept in the same bed the same house so it's like is he really un, you know i mean i mean there's not when you're in that kind of position fidelity just goes out the window because they're like you know what i got money i got power i do this i do that it's kind of like when you and i and the people out there when we hear about a person that's kind of like of the same stature as Vince McMahon, for example, but uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, when he got caught getting a <laughs> getting an old getting an old fashioned at the uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Bar, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know yeah. fucking you know some some eleven you long time type shit. But you're like, dude, you're a fucking billionaire. Why are you at a spot like this where you can easily call up a number? Hey, man, can you send such and such? Yeah, got you. There you go. That's why you know, like supposedly. Like a lot of these rappers, when they get these um these women of the night, whatever, when they bring them over, their security staff is like, all right, turn off your cell phone, put your cell phone inside this basket. When business is over, you get you get your shit back. Now, here's an NDA. Read it through because if you violate anything that's on this, we are gonna sue you. Do you understand? Are you cool with it? Okay. Signature, no bullshit. Go do what you got to do. Okay. So supposedly these NDAs were violated by the friends of these women who were affected by Vince McMahon, you know? And I guess the total payout for this was $14.6 million. Is that what it said now? Okay. Mm-hmm. So before Vinnie Mac took to Twitter to let the entire world know, because WWE is a global business, is watched by everybody. It's it's not like they say soccer is a global sport. It's not that popular in America. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In other parts of the world, yes, it is. But you got something like WWE. This is global. generations deep. This is generations, global. you know, exactly. This is, you know, this is a global brand, you know, brand brother. You got people, I mean, they set up shop in India. We see a lot of Indian wrestlers now in WWE and TNA, very few in NAEW, but yeah, they know exactly what they have to do because it's, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you, fuck, you know, like I've always told people business is never personal. You got to take your feelings out of this equation when you do business because. If you let your feelings get the best of you, you're going to end up with, with fucking with shit on your face. And yeah. so, so when when I started talking to you about 
all this crazy shit that started coming out, you know, because you heard about this. You heard, you know, fucking about yeah. the Wall Street Journal, about whatever it was. So what were your thoughts when this came about? Um, There was a tiny bit of, you know, like how, how real is this? But for the, for the most part... I didn't really question it because this shit was getting serious. Um, the stuff that we were hearing, as you as you pointed out earlier, was Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you know, oh, Dave Meltzer, Sean <laughs> yeah. Rapp, or somebody says that this might be you know, no, like you see things today. Like I just saw something today on on, on Bleacher Report Wrestling that said, um, and I was theorizing about this earlier too for the past few days. That said, uh, now that Vince and uh, Johnny Ace are gone. Uh, WWE is looking to reach out to Naomi and Sasha and see if they can mm-hmm. mend fences, which makes too. sense. And but again, that was just a BR. I saw it on Bleacher Report Wrestling. So shout out to them. Not not questioning their credibility, but you know, you just see a social media page. BR Wrestling it, uh, sources say that they're doing this. Yeah. Especially uh, who, who's a source? What's that? Exactly. But with all this stuff, this was mm-hmm. all Wall Street Journal. And this yeah, is getting exactly. serious because yeah. what I what I was to understand at uh, in, in the beginning was that the um, initial investigation was that the board was wanting to find out. Okay, Vince, you paid these women. Did you cut a personal check? Where in the corner of the check it says Vincent K. McMahon, or did you cut them a check? Where in the corner it says Titan Sports Incorporated? Exactly. Was this company funds or your personal bank account? Because if it's your personal bank account, cool. Yeah. If it's company funds, uh, that's our money too. Yeah. So because you, know, you know, even though he, even though he is the majority stockholder, you still got to answer to a board of directors because they're going to yes. be asking you questions. You know, even though, like Eric Bischoff said, uh, controversy creates cash. You don't want that type of to shit an extent. on you. Exactly, exactly, for, to an extent. Because a lot of these people out there, they're like, dude, you know, do you really want to give whoever it is that type of ammunition? Because, like, you know, it's like, you know, when when it's something like Bleach Report, when it's something like Wrestle Talk, et cetera, et cetera, some yeah. supposed it could yeah, be, you know, it's two guys on the guy. internet. Fucking two dudes right here just talking yeah. shit about whatever the fuck it may be. You know, you're like, ah, eh, but who's their source? Who do they know? Who the fuck are they? So it's yeah. like when you see the Wall Street Journal, that's credibility because it is yeah. the Wall Street Journal and it has a lot to do with business. It has a lot to do with money. So when they came out and they started putting shit out there, of course, it got everybody talking. Yeah. And fucking even people like fucking if you got fucking suit and tie nine to five bankers hours type dude and he or she is picking up their copy of the washington like what the fuck i haven't Vince well yeah this they're reading <laughs> they're they're yeah <laughs> yeah 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 they're they're reading that too because you know yeah a this kind of stuff happens in that in, in all sectors of the business world as well i'm sure there's mm-hmm. some oil tycoon somewhere oh, that, that went through a similar situation mm-hmm. whether he was caught or not and yeah. then you know there's these kind of people are also um you know investing and looking to invest and wwe yeah. is still currently a publicly traded company mm. so that's why it was making such waves in the wall street journal and so that's why when i f- found out that he had retired I wasn't um, 
I wasn't really doubting it because th- this shit was getting so hot and so mm-hmm. serious um, that I was like, you know what? I think this is what's happening because um, another thing, you know, yes, controversy does create cash. But one thing that I always thought was the only way Vince would retire, because, again, as you and I are both uh, football heads, uh, to make another example in that world, Vince McMahon was starting to, you know, for quite some time now, reminding me of like a uh, Al Davis. Uh, oh, yeah. And a few Dallas fans uh, that are friends of mine. Um, <laughs> Jerry Jones. Uh, yeah, Jerry Jones, uh, <laughs> where it's like, I have a good, I have a really good friend who's a Dallas fan, and he, you mentioned Jerry Jones' name, and he will rip that man to shreds and say, you know, why isn't he just sitting in his office collecting his checks and just shutting his mouth? Yeah. You know, why isn't, why isn't he let the, get a GM, let him do it, you know, stop, you know. And so with Vince, you know, it was kind of getting to be that, to that point, too, where, you know, as a fan, I was kind of like, dude, you can see how the fans react. I'm, I'm talking now uh, maybe four years ago, let's say, roughly. Yeah. I was saying, you see how the fans react to NXT. Mm-hmm. You can see how they love how Trips is uh, Triple H, how he's running that. Yeah. You see how upset they are at how you are running things. Mm-hmm. If you know, to, to quote the CM Punk pipe bomb, he was actually very accurate when he said, you know, Vince McMahon is a, uh, what do you say, a millionaire that should be a billionaire. That's true. And so um, something along those lines. Uh, and uh, I was like, why don't you stay in the boardroom, keep making those deals to get, you know, new advertisers and sponsors, focus on that, and let Hunter and other people run the creative mm-hmm. but he he's not you know that type of guy similarly you know i was talking with a cousin about this who knows some wrestlers you know his brother is a big AEW mark so he'll order pay-per-views and then his brother will come over and watch them and he remembers the attitude era a bit and he remembers uh your childhood era a lot he he mentions guys like leaping lanny Paffo, you know one of the, oh, things the he genius likes. yeah yeah so um he and i were talking about it and you know we were saying you know like god you know you would think that this guy could just get his billions retire to some beach somewhere he could have all the christie hemis he wants mm-hmm. and just spend out the rest of his days living a literal heaven just surrounded yes. by women who are at your beck and call uh, as objectifying as that may sound, uh, you know, getting your, your drinks refilled, you know, but there's certain people in this world that have this narcissism and this drive mm. and this lust for power. And that's, you know, when you see people like Vince, that that's kind of the downfall. And, and where I was initially going with this is I was saying, you know, that, it didn't. I, I was really convinced for a long time that the only way this man would not be in power would be as if he died. Yeah, if he kicked the bucket. Yeah, because that's the yeah. thing. It's like you know when they, you know when people start talking about Vince McMahon, say, like, oh, you know, fuck, this guy's a narcissist. This guy's power hungry. You know, he can have it all, but he chooses to do this. And you know when he when his company became publicly traded, that's when like everything started to change. 
And yeah, because they had to be they had to be PG when you're publicly when you're publicly traded. You can't have uh, a group like Kai and Tai yep. attacking a wrestler <laughs> whose gimmick is a male porn star oh, and man. saying, uh, "Your peepee go chop chop now." You yeah, know, like, you can't really do dude, that on a publicly yeah. traded company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, for better or worse, you know, I, I didn't exactly need more angles like that. But for better or worse, uh, a lot of stuff went downhill. A lot of stuff went really soft. Yeah, because. Because it's like, you know, they, um, it's, you know, like if, you know, when you've gone to these wrestling events and like, of course now WWE went back to TV 14, so it's going to be a little bit more racier, supposedly a little bit more. Well, just this past Monday, Montez Ford got busted up on raw. He was, he was, yeah, that was weird because, because it's, you know, because it's something that, that Vince McMahon did not like, you know, he he, did not like like that because, you know, if you're one of these, you know, like you would see these kids whenever one of these like out there characters came out, whether it was Undertaker, Papa Shango, the Boogeyman, these oh, type of Papa dudes. Shango. You see these kids, man. These these are the type of dudes that gave these kids nightmares. Fucking Luna Vashon, may she rest in peace. When yes. you know when they saw these, they're like, oh, you see these kids, and I'm like, me as a teenager. Seeing that dude, that should made me laugh because I'm like, damn, these motherfuckers are gonna have some sleepless nights. They're probably gonna piss their bed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Come here, Johnny. Are you okay? Oh, I mean, that man scared me. But that's you know, it's like, and then when it started to transition, when you saw a group like, like the Brood, you saw Gangrel, you saw Edge, you saw Christian, Love the Brood. And you're like, what the fuck? And then, you know, this is like some Lost Boys type shit. The blood, yeah, yeah, thanks, everything the way yeah. you know. And it was just like, you know, you saw this. You're like, you know, this is something new because you didn't see that. And then, you, and then it's like when you started like hearing about that, you know, because as you know, fucking as the the face of the company, as the leader, the owner, whatever. You're like, okay, what do you got for me? Or, all right, boss, you know, this is what we got. This is what we got. Because at the end of the day, it's your name that's going to get shitted on if the shit goes sideways and it's awful. But if, you know, you know, but if shit goes right, you're like, damn, you know, that was pretty fucking cool. So yeah, yeah. as he started getting older and they transitioned into the PG era, sadly, he started surrounding himself by a lot of yes people. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm keeping it gender neutral because I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started, you know, surrounding himself <laughs> by a lot of yes people, and I'm like, dude, fuck yes people, because yeah. a yes, because that type of person is not going to be honest with you. They're going to tell yeah. you what you want to hear. Yeah, and that's what he was being told. So it's like when, when he let his son-in-law, um, run the show in their developmental. What used to be FCW and it transitioned into NXT. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. I saw, I'm seeing what my father in law is doing. That shit's not working. The ratings keep dropping. And the only reason the ratings were cool was during the off season of the NFL. Because as soon as Monday Night Football came on, even though some of these games have been fucking atrocious, I don't even, ugh, I don't want to watch this crap, but at least it's football. And for some people, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and you're not really, it's kind of like wrestling, you know, like that, like some of the products. So you're like, "Mm," as the casual, 
you're not really bringing in that casual. And then when AEW came up, the scene of AEW and Marks, shout out to DBXTK. You know who that person <laughs> This man has I a blind like DBXTK. He's like this, like tunnel vision, like, oh man, I can't see anything but fucking uh, Tony Khan's nutsack. But okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, so it's like when you start hearing about all this shit and you start watching the product, you're like, man, this shit is fucking awful. You know, and like I mentioned in the Rage Back episode, what brought me back, uh, shout out to your cat, <laughs> what brought me back. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. What brought me back was was when I heard on the news, excuse me, that was when I heard you like on the news about Macho Man passing away. And that's when I tuned in and I'm like, okay, this is something I, I don't recognize a lot of these dudes. I, I don't know who these guys are, but I heard about who they were yeah. because I would go to Bleach Report. And that's mm-hmm. why it's kind of hard to take some of what they say seriously because when they first started, because they're a San Francisco based company, when yeah. they first started, a lot of their writers were me and you fans. Yeah. So yeah. fucking, I submitted an essay. It got approved. They didn't want to fuck with me because I guess uh, maybe I use foul language. I don't know. But anyways, so I, I would go to these wrestling things. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, like, let me read up on this shit because I don't want to look like a fool when right. I tune into fucking Raw. I'm like, okay. So the one name, the one name that kept popping up was CM Punk. CM Punk this, mm, yeah. CM Punk that, CM Punk this. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? So, of course, I Googled him. I'm like, man, this guy looks, you know, he's a flabby dude, tattoos, yeah. whatever. But when I saw him grab the mic, and I'm like, man, this dude is talking some attitude era type shit because he was yeah. like, because he was talking about a lot of the stuff that supposedly was going on backstage with Triple mm. H, with Stephanie McMahon, with Vinnie Mac. John Cena, ex superstar, ex superstar, keep going, going, going. Legends coming back, taking the taking the spots that were for the younger talent, whatever. So I'm like, okay. So when I started seeing this whole angle play out, and when I saw, I forgot who Cena wrestled, that it was kind of crazy during that time because that's when you had like a heel, like a heel r truth mm-hmm. and Miz. These two dudes teamed up. People like do yourselves a favor. Check these dudes out when they teamed up because they were wrecking shop. They were whooping everybody's ass. And then when I, I forgot who Cena was fighting, but it was mm-hmm. the end of the match. Right. And here comes CM Punk. He's mm, right there, yeah. like on the top of the ramp. He sits cross-legged. And he just starts talking all this shit. The infamous pipe bomb. The pipe bomb. That supposedly, I guess, the verbiage was different. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like something that, like a similar thing that he did in ROH before he left when it was the summer. Okay, party, right. You know, so when he's doing his thing and he's like, and he's just talking so much shit about Vince McMahon, about the stuff you see in the message boards on the comments of Bleach Report or whatever. And he starts talking shit about John Cena, his golden shovel. And mm-hmm. he starts talking about fucking Kevin Nash. He starts talking about Shawn Michaels, Triple H, etc. You're like, what the fuck? And he starts seeing this whole thing just just play out. And then he said he was like, I think it might have been a SummerSlam in Chicago. So mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he won the belt. <laughs> and here's yeah, the yeah. Okay. 
because Vinny Mac looked 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 fucking legit pissed. Yeah, because yeah. I guess like Cena, like I guess they didn't tell. I guess they went away from what Vinny Mac wanted the ending to be, because of course, dude, that was gonna bring eyes to the prior. Like, what's gonna happen? So here's CM Punk takes the bell. He's right there with that one fan that had his shirt on. Mm. He's like, blows him a kiss and like, it takes off. You're like, what the? F-? And of course, like the following Monday. See, well, remember too, uh, f- forgive me if I missed it, if you mentioned it, but I mean, mm-hmm. there's a big angle going in there, which was CM Punk was uh, trying to get a new contract. Mm-hmm. He wasn't happy with what they were getting. Yeah. And he wasn't renewing, which hey, is a real. Yes, he wanted his ice, his ice cream bars, <laughs> and uh, which who doesn't, you know? And, yeah, then, and then, uh, and uh, so the whole thing was, you know, there's no new contract. Yeah, and it ends that night. That night. So if I win the title, guess what, motherfucker? I'm leaving with the mm-hmm. title. And fans who were watching at that time, who knew their history, knew that in real life, that's a big thing with Vince because of a certain woman. Who in WWF went by Alundra Blaze, also Medusa, Mm -hmm. literally left with the women's championship and dumped it in the trash on WCW live Mm -hmm. on air. Which, you know, fun fact for those who don't know, is also one of the biggest reasons or catalysts of why Vince wanted things to happen that led to the Montreal Screwjob. Mm-hmm. He felt he could not take a chance on that ever happening again. Mm-hmm. So now in kayfabe, you have this great angle where Punk is saying, hey, my contract is up on the day that I have a title match. So guess yeah. what? If you guys don't give me a new contract and I win that title, I'm leaving with yeah. that title. I think in the pipe bomb, he even said, maybe I'll take it to ROH. Maybe I'll take it to Japan. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, you know, he started talking about all this shit. So of course, like, Vince, see, like, and that's where Vince McMahon is that dude, that dude, because he's yeah. like, all right, cool, you know, because this is going to bring eyes to my product. This is going to put asses in seats, which is true, because a lot of times you would look out there, you would see that some of these areas were top, were fucking tarped off yeah. because people were just not with the product. They weren't with it because it yeah. was, you know, because that, that was an era that I had stopped watching. Yeah, you know, because like, Cause you know, cause the people were were used to seeing a certain thing. They were used to seeing certain characters. They were used to like the Stone Colds. They were used to fucking uh, the Rock. They were used to this guy, that guy, whatever. And when the product started becoming more kid friendly, yeah, man, I get it, yo, I get it, I understand because yeah, that is going to be the future fan base for your product. So yeah, something for the kids. It's yeah, understandable. You know, yeah. yeah, you know. So when you started seeing all that stuff, you're like, all right. You know, so a before he told myself, you and the millions, billions of people out there worldwide, he actually told the talent via email, mass email of his announcement. So that was leaked on Reddit and I got a and I got the picture. So this is what it says to all WWE superstars. As I approach 77 years old. I think this might have been written by a secretary because in parentheses, because in parentheses was OMG, am I really that old? Question mark dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of his granddaughters wrote it. And I don't fucking know. I feel it's time for me to retire. 
I've thoroughly enjoyed sharing my passion, wisdom, and love of the business with you. No longer will you see me smiling, docile, level-headed, calm, pre <laughs> calm presence at Gorilla every week. Your dedication to WWE will ensure that our company will continue to grow and prosper. Our organization is nothing without you. You are WWE's only natural resource chosen to perform in front of a global audience. You are all WWE global ambassadors. Carry the WWE flag wherever you go. Wave it high and proud. And bust your ass to be all you can be as a person and as a performer. One thing, I won't be with you but I'll be watching. Remember to keep your hands up, grab a hold, and sell. Mm. By the way, BTW, mm. that's very, very youngish of him to put BTW. Yeah. Smack yeah. Smackdown airs live tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on Fox. <laughs> like some dope. Always you know, selling. Like a, exactly. Always selling and promoting. So when you start. Yeah, promoting. Yeah, that's not just that promoting, yeah. When you read this and you listen to what he said, he, yeah. you know, him being the dude that he is, yeah, he's pretty much like taking a jab. When you see a product like New Japan, they do not yeah. sell. They do not sell. When yeah. you see a product like AEW, I'm talking about, dude, you can pick up a dude from the top of the fucking cage or whatever hit this motherfucker with a tombstone and he will pop right up like nothing ever happened. And it's like when, you know, when you're a fan and you're watching this again, it's that suspension of disbelief. So, yeah. so when I read that, I'm like, whether it was written by him or his ghost written by a secretary, because some of these like BTW OMG, that really doesn't sound like him. I'm like, dude, these people know you. They know who you are. They've they've dealt with you. They're like, is this him or did he get his secretary to be like? Wee, 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 beep, 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 beep. It doesn't it doesn't sound like him, but right? at the same time, I can see him. You know, if he's palling around with some of the younger wrestlers, um, some of them kind of yeah, some of them kind of telling them yeah. stuff. I could I could see. You know, one of those young ladies or, or guys, you know, like showing him something on the phone and almost like a father son kind of moment you know like you know look at look at this nice text that my sister sent me about the match that i had and you know the oh yeah that's great what bt what the hell is that you know oh it's shorthand for by the way oh okay you know hey grandpa or, yeah or you know i could see him kind of pacing around his office you know in stanford connecticut and you know someone's uh uh typing for him you know and taking down what he says and then what what's a good one though? What do the kids say? What are they? Well, Mr. McMahon, they do say BTW. Oh, what the? That's great. Do uh, that. Do that. That works. Does that sound like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, back to work. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me, goddammit. So, like, so I could see him kind of, you know, what do the kids say? What, 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 what's how do they talk? You know, and then <laughs> someone kind of helping him out. You know, Steph. You know, oh, well, Dad. You know, shorthand. They blah blah. Or like I say, he picks up on it listening to some of the younger talent. You know, so. So who knows? It could have been him. Like, you know uh, what? Uh, hold on, man. Instead of Vince, uh, why don't you just put a fucking 
an eggplant emoji with an explosion next to it. Yeah, they'll they'll know it's me. God oh, damn it. God. Yeah, it. right. <laughs> Jesus. Like, okay, Mr. McMahon, eggplant explosion. Are you sure that's uh, wise with everything that's been going on? I don't know shit. Uh, I'm Vince Mc, I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon. God damn it. <laughs> but, you know, you it's like you know, when you get that from dude, like even though he's you know, he kind of most I'm like, if you know, fucking you know how it is, brother. It's like whenever the boss boss. Not yeah. the boss, but the boss boss. You're like, you know, you better stand up straight, man. You better fucking stick your chest out a little bit more. Fucking check your shit. Oh, man, I'm looking proper. I'm looking clean. Yeah. I'm looking nice. So it's like a lot of these people, of course, are intimidated because that is the dude. Because, yeah. you, yeah. you know, because it's like they talk about how a lot of these people that they've gotten at the Performance Center, at NXT over there in Orlando, at Full Sail University, whatever, that a lot of these people are not wrestling fans. That a majority of them are athletes. So that's why you know, you kind of see that. You know, you kind of see the athletic, the athletic, the athleticism. Oh, you, there we go. Thank yeah. you, sir. You see that, wow. and you're like, okay, you know, the, these people can do some shit that I've never seen. And it's like the the fan wrestler, the wrestling fan who became a wrestler. They don't look like those dudes from way back when yeah and that's that's a bit of a concern that i had uh you know if we're gonna swing the pendulum back again to something that i didn't like that vince was kind of doing when he took nxt away from triple h and Mm -hmm. you know you would see people like um before when he was running things you know two two of the biggest uh gals to come out of there you know sasha banks and bailey you would not you you couldn't hear enough about how much sasha banks adored eddie guerrero mm-hmm. you couldn't hear enough about how bailey adored randy savage mm-hmm. these were fans mm-hmm. they you know i heard that there's a beef with sasha and alexa in real life backstage yeah. and that part of what it was was that sasha um looked at Alexa as one of those people that you just mentioned, like, oh, you're just a pretty face who's here looking yeah. for a way to uh, make money in mm-hmm. a stepping stone, whereas I'm like, uh, pardon the pun uh, with her character, I'm legit, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. an actual fan. And it seems like Vince has been going away from those types to the types that, and I kind of agree, like I look at NXT now um, and I see a lot of people that I'm like, you know, and I'm not saying that you can't be up, uh, pretty as a wrestler but i'm just seeing a lot of people that i'm like you look more like a social media influencer like an ig yeah yeah as opposed to a wrestler Mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who you know if i go to you know bailey's instagram for example i at some point might see a shot that she has of like her dog or something okay Mm -hmm. but in the background i'll see her bookshelf and i'll see all this macho man shit you know i'll see like old dvds from like the attitude era yeah if i go to some girls uh in nxt right now and go to their instagram page nothing but booty shots them on the beach them on you know sitting on top of a lambo like no Mm -hmm. different than any you know random ig wannabe influencer so that was kind of a concern that I had when, uh, you know, I think you remember there was that memo that went out, uh, might be almost a year ago now, when they said that Vince McMahon, and I, I think it was Kevin Dunn, might have been Johnny Ace, but I think it was Kevin Dunn, were saying, um, from now on, NXT, no more indie darlings, no more yeah. actual wrestlers. Uh, we no one over the age of 30. Yeah. Yes, well, guess we're screwed, huh? There goes our tag team. <laughs> you know, man, we're going with a wheelchair. <laughs> 
thought we were going to be the new dudes with attitudes, you know? <laughs> I was going to put my hand all the way up. You would jump and high five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you, you know, it's, it's, it's like, and that sucks because when I started getting back into wrestling, you know, NXT was getting the indie darlings, the smarks, you know, I had to go to a friend of mine and be like, why, why did the crowd go so nuts for this guy? Who's this guy? You know? And he'd be like, Oh, this guy named Shinsuke Nakamura. He was very big in Japan. And I'd be yep. like, Oh, okay. Cause so I remember when William Regal, uh, I forget who Shinsuke was going to face, but he was like, I got your opponent for this pay-per-view. And then he Sammy pointed Zane. Out Sammy Zayn. That's right. Great match. Not, not only was that an amazing match, but again, you know, if we're going to take a little thing at Vince, you know, Anyone who doesn't believe me, look. Go look up some Sami Zayn NXT, and then compare that to what you're seeing now. We even go further, you know. Even if you see like the trend, see that's why like even as as strict and as like tyrannical that Vinnie Mac is, he runs mm-hmm. a very structured program that teaches you these small things that matter, where the hard cam is, how yeah. to do this, how to do that. And that's what the point of NXT was yep. as well, you know. Because he's even like that with, with his productions crew, with the cameramen. Yeah. That yeah. you and I have talked about how shitty these, these cameramen are in AEW compared to WWE. And just that whole smooth is the transition from beep, 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 beep. WWE is a lot better at, at, at masking some of the uh, yeah. imperfections, we'll say. Imperfections, we'll say because uh, I know uh, there's a you know, B word that apparently a lot of wrestlers don't like. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of rock and roll. Yeah, but there's a, <laughs> I love the guy, but some of his takes. But um, yeah, uh, they're good at that. But you know, yeah. again, like I say, there's two sides to every coin. One of the things that I'm rejoicing about is with Kevin Dunn, one of Vince's lackeys, leaving. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. You know, now I watched this past week on Raw, and right away. The camera work was so much better. Raw was good, better than AEW in that mm. uh, they they didn't sh- reveal botches as much. But I told you before, one of the things that I hated about WWE's camera work was, you know, if I if I punch you on camera in AEW, I I, I punch you. On WWE, if I punch you, it's like punch, 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 yeah. punch, and it was like, why are you doing this with the camera? Like, I'm getting nauseated watching the product. It was Mm -hmm. so bad. And I watched this newest Raw, and hallelujah, I I hardly ever saw... I saw once or twice, like, maybe someone fell down and the camera really jerked down to follow them. Mm -hmm. That was it. Dude, because you saw, like, when... Like, you know, especially, like, like the Raw that just happened. How did it kick off? It kicked off with Logan Paul and the Miz just going at it in the ring. You're like, damn, what the fuck happened here? You're like, that was what? a big surprise. That it's, was a big surprise. No, because it's because like for the last X amount of years, it's never started like this. And speaking of this, brother, like AW. So now that the uh now that Vinnie Mac is gone, man, if you check out Dynamite. They turned it up a little bit with oh, their promos they? and everything. So you're like, okay, now we know that supposedly the man in charge of creating the EVP, everything is Triple H. Yeah. And yeah. they were barely losing to us, a major organization, not developmental, that had a bunch of these dudes. They were barely losing to us going head to head on Wednesdays, which supposedly led 
to the demotion of Triple H. Now, speaking of Triple H, who took over this role, of course, him, his wife, yeah, and Nikon or co-CEOs or whatever. Now, what a coincidence that as soon as the old man, how he calls him, retires, mm-hmm. that his heart is no longer an issue. This is no longer stressful because that's what caused him to step away well, from the whole thing. I like him. Ah, well, dude. his heart was an issue for a while, but it was starting to get better from what I heard. I mean, oh, yeah, he, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, he was I about a month or so ago. I heard a report where he was saying, you know, I'm I'm, I'm ready to get back to work. He still is never going to wrestle again, from what I Thank hear, because um, because the heart <laughs> issue is real. Yeah. But he was like, you know, hey, I'm I'm ready to get back to to work. I want to do something, you know, which is why I think that there could be some weight to what you were just saying about maybe it wasn't just the heart that took Side him away track. from NXT. Now, speaking of heart issues, are you, sir, the dean of GSOC? Are you by any chance going to tune in this fucking Sunday? To watch Ray Flair's last match in Nashville. It's him and his son-in-law. His son-in-law. Okay, look, here's the thing about the foreign wrestlers. If this ever makes it to foreign wrestler land, <laughs> if it makes it to Mexico, cabrones, rational, ra- rational Rage made it to Belgium. Let's yeah. see if we can keep expanding. Well, and we made it to South Africa. South Africa. Oh, word. Hey. Thank you, South Africa. Hey, man, that's a fucking Barry Horowitz self-pat on the back. But <laughs> fucking, you know, what I was just saying right there in Spanish, you know, because I can go Spanglish, I can fluidly transition to this beautiful thing. But if you are a foreign wrestler, please do yourself a favor. Before you come to the good old U.S. of A. America, fuck yeah. Before fuck you step yeah. on this soil, please learn the English because... Your wrestling is one thing. That is dope. But if you can grab the audience by the fucking balls and ovaries with your mouth, it's over. It's a wrap because they can really go to these foreign spots and do what they got to do. You know, well, not, and not only that, but it's also going to affect how you work. Um, yeah. Because okay. people should look up a guy named Sinkara and look up the whole story about how there was an original Sin Cara. Now there's a different Sin Cara. Yeah, because, the, yeah, because the guy uh, who was known as Mystico, who's the original Sin Cara, this guy didn't speak a lick, a lick of English, and he was difficult to deal with, uh, allegedly, according to sources. So the guy that took his spot, he knew how to speak English because I remember him and who became Tangaloa, son of the Hall of Famer King Haku. They used to be these two Latino thugs, you know? But so, you know, when we get into... So Vince McMahon, you know, fucking for all whatever, you know, because that guy, you know, he's still kind of closed-minded, ignorant, a little bit racist. We all are. You know, that's not not front... You know, let's not act like we're not. Hey, you know, no, come on. Especially if you're born in this country, yeah. Every, everything is just made into race. Oh yeah, brother. So, and it's like so, so you can't avoid it. So a great wrestler who left, who's now known as Claudio Castagnoli, was known as Cesaro. Antonio Cesaro. As you know, I'm a big Cesaro, Mark. That dude, man. This is what Vinnie Mac said. If only. He could speak English without an accent. He'll be that guy. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Says, you know, fucking for all his athletic attributes or whatever, 
he wasn't exactly great on the mic. And then when you had like the Japanese wrestlers, when you have Asuka, Io Shirai, Shinsuke, you know, they come out there, you're like, you know, leaning into your TV, you're trying to see exactly what they're saying. And then they make him into like comedy acts or whatever. Hopefully that changes with Triple H not being in charge because I'm like, when they when these sources would tell the these reporters, these writers about that type of shit, they're like, why are you doing all this stupid, dumb, sophomoric bullshit? They're like, well, the old man loves it. He gets a kick out of it. I mean, there's times where, where Vince McMahon's name is written all over thing in the worst way. Uh, to bring up an example that comes to mind, uh, you just reminded me with some of the examples that you were bringing up. Another person that I'm a bit of a mark for, um, and I was bringing this example up, is Shinsuke Nakamura. Him, him, him debuting in NXT coincided about the time I started rewatching wrestling. Yeah. And then in that time, I looked up him versus AJ Styles in, in New, Japan, New Japan, and that was such a phenomenal, pardon the pun, match. And when I f we were leading up to this, and the internet was kind of whispering about it, and I was hoping it would be true, Shinsuke enters the Rumble. AJ's a champion. Shinsuke wins, says he wants his match oh, to be against man. AJ Styles at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles. I thought, wow, what could we be so lucky? Yes and no. They did it. And then the match, of course, was underwhelming because yeah. as I was starting to learn, hmm, I'm seeing all these guys in, in, in NXT and they're so badass. And then for some reason, when they get to WWE, watered down. they're not as so badass. Yeah, they're watered down. Yeah. So, of course, the match did not live up to the hype of the New Japan match. Mm -hmm. um, and then Shinsuke loses. Then he loses by turning heel. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up because of what you said about Vince and the way he thinks about things sometimes. When a backstage interviewer asked him about why he turned heel, why he attacked AJ, if you remember, to solidify his heel turn, he very snarkily said to her, no speak English. Oh, yeah, English. And walked away. And I think for several weeks, he would do some dastardly villainous thing That's when they would be like, Shinsuke, Shinsuke, why did you do No speak English. And he'd walk yeah. away. And I was just like... You know this is Vince. Yeah, this is so Vince, and it's just like, dude. And it's like, dude. It, it's like you know, we are. I guess you know when you are a fan, doesn't matter of whatever it is. You know, you're kind of like a, uh, kind of like a masochist, because you know that some of the shit that you're watching is so fucking awful, but yet you keep torturing yourself because you love it. Whatever. So I watch both of those brands. You know, it's like it's kind of like the you know, AEW. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, for besides wrestling, you're like, our Giants right now are the shits. They're awful. Tell me about it, our Giants. Five, 500, but that's exactly. my team. Yeah. You know, exactly. You know, that's our team. Like when the Niners are awful, that's our team. You know? I was there so, for those two win seasons. <clears throat> oh, my God. Singletary, Nolan, Jesus Christ. So, so it's like, you know, you're like, man, why are you like, man, the Giants suck. Why are you watching them? Because that's my team. Why are you watching the Niners? Because that's my team. I'm not gonna I've had so many people ask me that, and I'm like, I'm like, what? Why am I watching them? Yeah, they suck right now. 
So what do you want to do? Buy a buy a fucking Tom Brady jersey? Like yeah, no, buy a like Brady, this, this, this is my flavor. team. And that's yeah. like, and it's like you know, you know, like, and it's like this is like, you know, like you know, have you, you know, like you and I, you know, like you know, like as we've gotten older, whatever, gray hairs and all that shit. Um, you know, uh, luckily we don't need any blue chew or, or Viagra to keep it up, you know, ladies, <laughs> not yet, yeah, you know, <laughs> not yet, well, hopefully never, but <laughs> you know, so you know, so when people are like, why do you watch wrestling? It's for kids, why do you play video games? It's for kids, why do you, why do you do the stupid shit you do? It's because you, it's because you love it, you know, like for yeah. whatever it is, you know, like, and that's what I always like, never forget that child in you because you know that you know the adult life it's not what it's cracked up to be it's not whatever so that's why you know like when you watch wwe and you hope like man hopefully this shit starts getting better and that's the one thing that when aw came up and they were you know and they lit a fire under the old man's ass you started seeing like the product just getting a little bit better a little bit better and, you know, when you and I talk, you know, when I talk to DBXTK and we have these long conversations about, what you know, about wrestling or whatever, you're like, I'm an old school dude. Yeah. You know, like I, I fucking watched wrestling when I was a little kid, when it was this, 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 this. You remember and the territories. Well, I, I, I grew up with just I, I grew up with just WWF yeah. superstars on Saturday. You know? And it's you know? like, you know, and, you know, when you watch shit like this. And you watch what it became. Yeah, I understand. It's like, you know, when you are a global name and your product is traded in Wall Street, in the stock market, whatever, you need to make certain adjustments because now you have a board of directors that you need to answer to. And they're asking you, hey, what's the reason? So it's like, okay, you're either a cash cow or you're a money drainer. Yeah. And it's so when you started seeing this, like, well, you know, these kids keep buying John Cena hats, wristbands, shirts, spinner belts, etc. Fucking the kids keep buying New Day shirts, whatever. They love this little kitty shit, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. I understand it because the majority of the time when you look into the audience, you see a lot of families, but you're forgetting about the foundation of this product. These fans that have stuck by you that religiously yeah. watch your shit, even though that shit's awful sometimes. It's a fucking train yeah. wreck. You know, like they watch it, you're like, damn, you know, when the fuck are they going to step up? And they're like, well, as long as Vince McMahon is in charge, nothing's ever going to change. It's only going to change when he kicks the bucket, you know? So it's like That's now, what for a long time. Yeah. You know, so it's like now that he's made this transition, you know? So here's what he told, uh, I guess, uh, the media, whatever. So this is what he says. Uh, the title is Vince McMahon retiring from WWE. As I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. End quote. McMahon said in a statement released by the sports entertainment company, here's Vince McMahon again, throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I would like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success, and I would also like to thank to thank, I would like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans for following us and for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for our generations of fans all over the world who have liked, 
currently like and sometimes even love our form of our form of sports entertainment. Our global audience can take comfort in knowing WWE will continue to entertain you with the same fever, dedication, and passion as always. McMahon continued, I'm extremely confident in the continued success of WWE, and I have our company in capable, and I leave our company, excuse me, in the capable hands of an extraordinary group of superstars, employees, and executives. In particular, this is when he made the announcement. Both chairwoman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and co-CEO Nick Khan as the majority uh, and Nick Khan, as the majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal thanks to our community and business partners, shareholders, and board of directors for their guidance and support through the years, then, now, forever, together. So that was the official announcement that he made. And of course, you know, like everything that led up to it, Kevin Dunn leaving. I think before that, uh, what was that one guy? Um, fuck, I forgot the dude's name, but he was like a complete scumbag. Fucking, he used to come out in that that diva show, whatever. And he's the one that when I guess they released Mickey James, he sent her all her items in a trash bag. Oh, what was his name? Mark something, I think, right? Mark Carano. Yes, there we go. So you know, when, you know, when, you know, cause it's, it's like, you know, people, for example, like those that are in the know supposedly are just calling this like, ah, you know, um, yeah, that's him saying he's retired, but is he really, and you won't yeah. really know until you start seeing like the product develop under his daughter, under Nick Khan, who's supposedly really good friends with the rock. Supposedly there's rumors out there that the rock, might be buying WWE. Who knows? You know. I wonder if he can afford it. Who knows? Yeah, you know, I mean, if you have him and you get backers, and you got your buddies in Hollywood or whatever, he did. He know, did buy the XFL. Eesh, well, man, I, I don't know. That's gonna make him money, but but you yeah, know, it's we'll like see. you know when you hear about stuff like that, and of course, like everything that led up to this, you know, where you know where these allegations or whatever of Vince McMahon just being a complete scumbag. And, you know, when you see these things and when you read something like that, of course, you know, hey, man, fucking, you know, one thing about, you know, whether whatever form of entertainment that you're in, yeah, some fans can be extremely annoying, psychotic, demanding, entitled, or whatever. I mean, we all know the incident that uh, poor Sonya Deville had to go through. And, yeah. You know, they, it gets scary, man. I saw a Twitter thread about some guy talking about Alexa and saying Yeah, dude, it was just real like... Real murderous shit, and it's just... Some fans out there are real creeps, and, you know... Yeah, dude, it, 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 it's, you know, it's fucking... It's just fucking, like, just so fucking weird, and, like, yo, man, I mean, yeah, you you're like, well... I'm a fan. If it wasn't for me, you know, you wouldn't have this. You wouldn't have that. Blah blah blah. Mm. True, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know. Yeah, there, there's a lot of entitlement, and you know, another thing. If anyone listening to this hasn't picked up on yet, uh, besides being a wrestling fan, I'm also a geek, and um, there's a lot of geekdoms out there: Star Wars, Marvel, what have you, that has very toxic sections of their fan base mm -hmm. it happens everywhere it permeates everywhere and i mean wrestlers are no different they've you know had to you know get restraining orders they've had mm -hmm. to 
you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's wild. Yeah, it's you know, and it's you know, and the same applies to like fucking every form of entertainment. Fuck, yeah. even the same thing applies to um to martial arts. Yeah. You know, like some people just because they they have one sparring session or whatever, whether it be judo, jujitsu, muay thai, boxing, or whatever, they automatically think they're experts. So when they watch a match or they attend an event, they're dissecting the entire thing. They're not enjoying anything because they're dissecting the entire thing. And you know, that's one thing that you know, like you and I as practitioners, um we we are we're humble because yeah. we were, you know, because we've been told that whenever you come into a dojo, the ego stays outside of the dojo because yeah. a lot of people that we've seen, whether you've sparred with somebody, whether it was boxing, Muay Thai, whether you rolled with somebody or you grappled with somebody, jujitsu or wrestling or whatever, a lot of them just can't see that defeats. They just like, oh man, you know, they start wilding now. They want to be stupid or whatever. And when people watch like a wrestling product, fuck, I've been guilty of this. I'm like, man, why are they doing this? Oh man, they should have done that. Blah blah blah. You know, it's from the outside looking in because, you know, when you have a passion for some for something, you expect these things to be somewhat perfect. Of course, we all know that's not going to happen, you know, because they're human. Mistakes happen or whatever. But, you know, when when people used to watch a product, you know, like a lot of times, you know, some of these things weren't that blatant because we weren't really paying attention to all this shit. You know, and when you look back at the older product, when you look at stuff from the Attitude Era, whatever, and you see like, oh, man, that was a really bad uh, B word right there. And oh, yeah, man, that was, hmm, I don't know, if, you know, how, you know, how did that make it? But, you know, it's it's dude, it's fucking um. You know, it's crazy. And of course, you know, for, you know, like Vince McMahon and the issues that he's had with all this talent, which, of course, there's two of them who he's had issues with recently. And that is Sasha Banks and Naomi. So Sasha Banks, from what's been said about her, she got extremely big headed. She's known for throwing temper tantrums if shit doesn't go her way. She's also injury prone. She gets hurt a lot because she's a small girl with a small frame. She does a lot of this crazy shit to entertain you, to entertain me, to entertain all these people. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you hear about this and you see the way she went about this. And the one thing I don't like, this is one thing I don't like. When people take to Twitter, these stupid fucks like to make shit about race. Oh, you got the white owner and you got the minority wrestlers. I'm like, okay, Sasha, you know, she's also mixed with white. Yeah. Sasha's mixed. And I think if you you talk to Sasha, I don't think she'll ever claim racism or anything like that in the company. So she's actually said some stupid shit. I guess when they went to, uh, when they went, when they were on one of their European tours, she started, you know, whether it was just like, just joking or she was serious. She started talking about white people to the media, to the British press or whatever, you know, but you know, there's always like these stories that you hear about the way she but is. I mean, but I mean, did she ever say that 
anything that she had an issue with in the company creatively had to do with race. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that she would ever say no, no, that you know that so far from what I've heard. I don't yeah. think she's ever thought that Vince McMahon was racist to her. The, I think oh, she oh, understands oh. there's decisions to be made, she just doesn't like them. She wants, you know. So the one that took it like that when mm -hmm. that shit was going on, because I'm like, dude, see, that's why I see like, you know, and it makes you think if what's going on, if it's actual, actual, mm -hmm. or if it's a storyline type thing, because mm -hmm. even the, uh, even the, the announcing team started talking about that. Oh man, I can't believe that. So unprofessional. They left us, blah, 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 blah. You're like, okay, am I getting worked or is this legit? You know? And you start like the one guy that made it about race, and he's known for doing this. He's as talented as he is. Sometimes he needs to that he needs to take uh, he needs to take a step back. And this is fucking uh, Swerve Strickland, who's currently mm. employed by AEW, yeah. Indy Darling, fucking wrestler out of Seattle. So he kind of yeah. took it that way. And of course, you know he got shitted on. And yeah. then when they started talking about the lack of opportunities, well, why isn't this guy getting that? Why isn't that you know that guy getting this? And of course. The fans being as fucking the world being as overly sensitive as it is, you know, they want to make it about this. They want to make it about that. And they started, you know, they uh, uh, they started accusing this person, that person about being misogynist or being a fucking uh, yeah. being racist or whatever. So talking about those two women right there, two, two very talented women. Yeah. Here is what... what <laughs> One of the guys that dislikes Vinnie Mac and his family the most. This is for Mr. Phil Brooks, better ah. known as CM Punk. So here's CM Punk's opinion on Vinnie Mac. This should be good. Okay, this is what he says. Do you think because he tweeted, um, do you think because he tweeted, I'm quote unquote retired, he's not going to be hands on? I don't think the structure there changes. I don't think the culture there changes at all. I'll put it to you like this. Mercedes, real name of Sasha Banks, and Trinity, real name of fucking uh, Naomi, leave. And they announce on SmackDown, quote, gosh darn, we're so disappointed in them. And they really let our fans down. Okay. Brock splits, comes back. Obviously, I think he works the show. But where's Michael Cole saying, man, Brock Lesnar really let these fans down. I walked out and they went on TV and called me a quitter, which is true. They did the same thing with Stone Cold. Remember, he took the ball and he went home. All right. So, all right, CM Punk. So, you kind of, that your memory's kind of short sighted right there. And you didn't draw like fucking, I'm a huge fan of yours, but you didn't draw like Stone Cold. But, anyways. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, whatever. Okay. And, and they went on TV and called me a quitter. What's changed? What's the difference? You're you're going to attack these two fucking poor women who just kind of had enough and they walk. They got bigger balls than everybody there. So what's changed? There's nothing much that's changed. There's people that talk about it and there's people that do it. The people who lick the boots and have the audacity to go on live TV and say that about these two women, fucking cowards and bootlickers. That shit's ridiculous. Why didn't they do it for Brock? Did it for me. So of course this was a um a little snippet of a podcast that CM Punk did at the current uh, fucking Comic Con in San Diego mm -hmm. 
the the absolute geek podcast. So, you know, when I read this off right here, and I think about CM Punk and all his gripes or whatever, because I heard that he's very difficult to get along with. I've heard. You know, I heard that. Now. You know, fucking his best friend ended up suing him, and that relationship ended. Fucking Cole Cabana, yeah. Like, and, they, yeah. and then it's like, you know, when you have all these dudes that he wrestled in the independent circuits, they have issues with him. And you know, here's one thing about CM Punk. You know, I was a fan of this dude. Fucking man, when I went to fucking WrestleMania at Levi's, man, I rocked his shirt for that little fan fest and for WrestleMania. You know. Because this dude was something different, and yeah. he reminded me of the Attitude Era when these guys used to come out and just let loose, you know, yeah. with no restrictions, no scripts, yeah. no nothing. So, so when he started complaining about dudes like John Cena, like The Rock, who he called Dwayne, oh man, he, these guys are coming back. They're taking spots that should be for this person, that person, blah blah blah, whatever. I'm like. Yeah, dude, I get you. You know, you're right. You know, because it's time for some new talent to shine. But when you, Phil Brooks, when you hit that Winkle bomb, I think that's his name. When you hit his dojo in Milwaukee with the Pettis brothers, and he started doing all this shit, doing this just fuck, dude. That was god awful. That jujitsu was awful. Buffalo yeah. didn't even know how to tie his belt. That's one yeah. of the basic things you learn. All right. So, so you see this and you go in there with no amateur fights, nothing. Automatically, you're given a spot that should not be for you. That should be for somebody that's more qual. You know what? That spot should have been for fucking Matt Riddle. Yeah. Who got, who got let go because he loves to smoke weed. It should have been for somebody like yeah. him. Yeah. Yet, yeah. Here you are. And check this out, CM Punk. Because I know you're not going to listen to me. You're not going to listen to Sean. Yeah. But check this out, dude. You took a spot that was not for you. Why did you get that spot? Eyes. People are going to tune in to watch a professional wrestler fight, actually fight. And that, of course, pay-per-view pay buys started going up. So CM Punk, John Cena. Asses and seats, the fucking rock. The reaction, you hear that? Doom, doom. The whole crowd erupts. Asses and seats, money, pay-per-view buys, etc. cetera, et cetera. That's what this business is. Exactly. And money. That's exactly what the that's exactly what Dana White did with you because he knew that a wrestling fan was gonna buy this pay-per-view just to see you, to see what you're about. And when you and when you got your ass whooped, and that's why you oh. gave him a second chance after that mm -hmm. ass whooping. Because that first ass whooping My pretty God. much, I think, confirmed what most people were worried about. Because at least with Brock Lesnar, he was a legit wrestler before. Yes, he was. Yes, he, he was, was legit. He's an NCAA All American. He is yep. one of the most dangerous motherfuckers in that locker room yep. in the WWE. But with CM Punk. I think Dana knew, but I think when he yeah. saw the pay-per-view buys, he was like, let's give him one more match. Mm -hmm. And if somehow, some way, right. he gets lucky with one of those, like, you know, like with what Jorge Masvidal did to Ben Askren, you know, he just mm -hmm. puts his knee up at the right time, and oh my god, 
who knows? Then we can get a third match, and then that pay per view. But but then when the second one ended up even worse than yeah, the first, Dana yeah. was like, "All right, that's enough. Experiment over." Yeah, because see, it, it, that's what he needs to know. It's like you are your own promoter, so you gotta yeah. go see. And that's another thing that that kind of pissed off a lot of these fans, these casuals, because they heard about him. Where is CM Punk? All I'm getting is Phil Brooks. I'm not getting CM Punk. I'm getting Phil Brooks. Where is this dude just talking a gang of shit? Because Brock Lesnar, when he fought Game Velasquez, he was just saying a bunch of stupid shit because he wanted to get eyes on the – he wanted to get those pay-per-view buys. He wanted to get that stadium he, sold out. He was following the blueprint of Muhammad Ali to Tito Ortiz to Floyd Mayweather to Conor McGregor. Yep. He was like, people are going to tune in because they want to see me get my ass whooped. You know – and all those people that you just mentioned, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather, this is when he became Money Mayweather. He was Pretty Boy, mm-hmm. outstanding. Fucking, if you go to my Instagram, you see a clip of when he was Pretty Boy Floyd, whooping ass. Yeah. So when you see these dudes that get the gap, not that many people have it. When you see these dudes, Muhammad Ali credits professional wrestling, teaching him yes, how to he talk. Does. Because he used to talk so much shit because he was so because <laughs> he was so arrogant. He just be bragged, whatever. He couldn't be touched. Flow like I think he said he remembered watching uh, Gorgeous George, right? The original Gorgeous George. It was either uh, him or or Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers, yeah. And of course, like, you know, they started picking up, they're like, man, these wrestlers talk a gang of shit, man. What the fuck? And you a know? lot of the people that are here are watching them to see them lose. Exactly. So there you go. That's why, like, whenever People would tune in to to watch one of these motherfuckers. You just can't stand. You're like, man, I hope this dude gets his ass whooped. So when Brock started running his mouth about Cain Velasquez and he started getting racial, I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to tune in and see this motherfucker get his ass whooped. And he got his ass whooped. And yeah. that was a beautiful thing. So yeah. it's like people were expecting the same thing from CM Punk. They're expecting this dude to do what he's been doing in WWE. They didn't get that. And it's like a lot of people started calling him out for what he called out WWE for. And I'm like, dude, you have a name. You have a name outside of the combat sports fan. You have these people that are into fucking, you know, fucking wrestling. And that's it. They don't watch UFC. They don't watch Strike Force. They don't watch Bellator. They don't watch this. They don't watch that. They watch wrestling. And that's that. So when they heard about you making the transition, and he went to a jo- to a dojo with a name. That's mm-hmm. that's very important because if you go to Joe Blow Dojo, they're like Joe Blow Dojo. Who the fuck are these guys? But yeah. you go to him, they're like, okay, these guys are credible because they've produced champions. So they see that, and they, I'm like, dude, if you know the cameras around, do yourself a favor, fix up your fucking gi. Yeah, fix up, take care of your fucking belt. Like, hey, dude, go take a picture. Hey coach, uh, so how do I time a belt? Do, 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 do. Okay, remember, fuck, you know, remember, you know, his left or hell, right. Or hell, even if you can't do that, you know, camera's about to roll, you know, hey, you, can you come here and tie my belt for me? You know, yeah, something. Something. All right, man, you're looking crisp. Unless you look, unless you are a legend, we know this legend, first ever cross collar choke with no geek. <laughs> All right, that man would have stepped in there, CM Punk, and he would have taught you how to how to fix your gi, how to tie your belt, 
how to do a cross collar with no gi, how to do well, this, how to do that. You know what? He would have beat him in his UFC match yes, with a cross collar choke because in UFC yep. you don't wear a shirt. You're but topless. somehow, but somehow he would have hit a cross collar. You would have got to like, <laughs> just <laughs> like he did in his no gi class. <laughs> Joe Joe fucking Rogan would have lost his shit. Uh, <laughs> his eyes would have popped out of his fucking hand. That would have been part of his podcast. Like in this podcast, we're gonna talk about the first ever cross collar choke with no gi. <laughs> you know, but it's like so. You know him talking about you know what he's talking about. Is that petty? Fuck yeah, it's petty. That's some petty shit, man. That is he's, extremely petty. It's also interesting that he he talks about how the culture isn't going to change, but then he brings up the Sasha and Naomi situation. Mm-hmm. When the Sasha and Naomi situation happened before all of this, mm-hmm. the Sasha that. and Naomi situation happened because of Vince and Johnny Ace. Mm-hmm. They're now gone because of this situation. If Triple H is truly running the show, which I think and pray he is, uh, creatively anyway, mm-hmm. there's a chance that, you know, whether whether you want to or not, I know that there's fans as well as haters, uh, there's a chance that he could get Naomi and Sasha back, uh, especially Sasha, because, you know, she was one of his uh, darlings in NXT. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anyone that was in NXT for most of its run and most of its height is very cool with Triple H. He's he's every time they've made it in NXT winning a championship and won a championship in WWE. There's a picture of him hugging them. Oftentimes they're both crying mm-hmm. and he's kind of doing the, this thing with them, you know, because he's proud of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's happy with how everything went down. He probably understands. But again, his father-in-law was running the show. What the hell is he going to do? He's not going to pull Vince aside. Mm-hmm. You know, listen here. <laughs> you don't know how good you have it with Sasha. You better know. He's going to be like, okay, boss. You're, See, the now, boss. Okay. You're the boss, boss. Now, let me ask you this, dude. You know, uh, touching on, you know, what you're just saying right now. So now that the transition, as far as like CEO, chairman, whatever, has been made from, from him to his daughter to Nick Khan as co-CEOs or whatever, and now that fucking... Most likely, brother love Bruce Pitchard is going to be gone because he's no longer going to be in charge of creative. Now it's fucking Triple H, the main dude, NXT, SmackDown, Raw, whatever. Of course, we got that big pay-per-view coming up this Saturday, SummerSlam. And, you know, so now that this whole transition has been made. So whenever, because most likely he, he, he or Stephanie, whoever, reached out to Sasha, they reached out to Naomi, yeah. you know, they're checking in on them, see where their heads are at. So now if I were in his position, because mm-hmm. Naomi's never been that girl that's given him issues. Her husband, right. as talented as he is, he has a drinking problem. He's a uh, Jeff Hardy in the makings. I don't exactly. want to throw Jeff name under the bus, but we all know that the poor guy has a history. Exactly. Hope he gets better. So, and the thing is, it's like fucking there was a thing that Arn Anderson, I think it was Jim Ross who said it. So they asked, um, they asked um Arn Anderson, so why is it that a guy like Ric Flair can get away with this, this, and this, but a guy like I don't know, some some other low-level dude can't? Well, because that's Ric Flair. And there is double standards, triple quadruple and infinite so 
I'm gonna let you, you know, like, I'm gonna let you decide where you think Ric Flair stands at all this shit. And there's guys like that that can get away with shit like that. So a girl like Sasha can get away with with, with throwing a temper tran- a tantrum. She can get away with talking shit about white people to the British press or whatever. She can get away with shit like this because of who she is. But if I'm Triple H, yeah, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna talk to her like, hey, dude. There's been a lot of issues with you backstage. That if you don't get shit the way you want it, that you're that you're that you're gonna walk out. We've we've accommodated you in everything that you've wanted. You know we've you know we've given you time off to go film the Mandalorian, to go mm-hmm. do this and go do that. You know, and so we need to have you know we need to meet in the middle so we can have a better understanding of how this shit's gonna go because. She's not getting any younger. Her homegirl from the Bay, because Sasha's from the Bay, from whack, even though Vacaville's whack, but she is from the Bay. My apologies to anybody from Vacaville. But she, but she claims Boston, because I guess that's where Boston she's been most of her life. Yeah. Just like, you know, just like Rock claims fucking Miami, but he's from Hayward. Yep. Hey, no disrespect to Hayward. You got some fine women, but I would do the same thing because Miami's a whole different type of level of fine. So you got these two girls from the Bay. Bailey's been out for a cool ass minute. Translation, yeah. she's been out for a very long time for those who didn't understand Bay speak. So yeah. yeah, she's been out for a while. So you so like okay, Bailey's never been that girl that's giving them any type of backstage issue. Then you got a person with a humongous ego, Charlotte Flair. Flair, the name says it all, but she is outstanding. Yeah. I get tired of seeing her because it's always the same old, same old, same old, same old. I'm like, dude, man, what the fuck? But then a lot of these other girls, though, I'm like, you know, when I saw Alexa Bliss and she was doing some kind of cheerleader gimmick when she was in NXT, I'm like, oh, man. The you know, sparkle should, gimmick, yeah. Yes, you know, that that looked kind of cheesy. And then she came into her own, and, and she knew, you know, because she had, an, uh, she had an athletic background. She, you know, she was um uh, a gymnast. Uh, at a high level, not Olympic, but at a high level. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, very athletic, pretty girl. A lot of these girls now, they're not built like Medusa. They're not no. built like China. No. A majority of these girls are like five foot one and under. They're very short. And you can see that because like. When they hold know, the like, top rope, they hold it yes. up here. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh, man. <laughs> you're get on their yeah. Table, you know? So, so you got Alexa Bliss. Is a good good wrestler. She can talk. She's a good talker. She's a very her, good talker. Funny, like if you watch Raw, did you did you catch the thing about her doll? So they said that her doll is the number one merch seller before she mentioned it. That's what she said. Well, this is the reason why I have her because she's right there. Well, I remember before they um sort of gave her a little break mm-hmm. um after after uh Bray Wyatt left. Um mm-hmm. I was reading a lot of reports that creative uh, and and up to the head office were deciding whether or not they wanted to continue with uh, the doll. Mm -hmm. And in true typical corporate fashion, they said, well, the kids let's, let's see. Well, they said, let's see how the doll sells in the Mm -hmm. next few weeks without Alexa being, and they apparently had set some sort of benchmark. If it sells this much, we keep it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, and sure enough, she said that uh, 
that it's the number one selling item on the shop. And um, I'm not saying this as an endorsement. I'm just saying, matter of factly, uh, I believe it. And and that's that's why she's still holding on to it, even though we had this whole thing with her supposedly being it, going to therapy to let go of it. Mm-hmm. But she still has it. Yeah, but Alexa's sure. great, though. And I mean, that little promo where she said that, that was a good little promo. And when she got yeah. all serious and was all, you know, look in my eyes, when I, you know, that was good. That was good. Yeah. And, and she's really good at emotions and expressions. And there's a reason why Alexa's thought of very highly in the back. Yeah, because she's, you know, because she's one of the, because it's like, you know, it's one, you know, it, it's one thing to be eye candy because, you know, like a lot of these girls, if you tune into NXT, a lot of these girls are very attractive now. You know, that you got a lot of a lookers lot of in there, a lot of attractive girls. You know, some of these girls, you can still see that, that they're still too amateur, whatever, not really ready. Yeah. And you can actually see who's actually going to be up there. And who's still going to be a lifer down there? You know, you can actually there's, see that. There's a, there's a girl that you and I have talked about a few times uh, who um, who also has a bit of legitimate background. And uh, I I think she's going to be big on the, on the main show. Um, not all of them, but there's a couple that I can tell right away. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see her yeah. making it big time on the main show. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, with... Um, what um what trips does you know what you know how the show goes under his direction under him being like the dude in charge of creative yeah uh what type of you know what type of freedom he's going to give these writers or whatever because it's like okay so so now you want these teenagers to tune in and watch your product okay that's cool now are you gonna be cheesy and use like slang that only these Twenty-year-olds, yeah, these twenty-year-olds, schoolers know, these teeny boppers know, you know, because it's not, you know, there's only much, there's only so much you can call, you know, you can say the word fire. Oh, this shit's fire. This shit's lit. Whatever. Only so much is we're like, oh my god, here we go. And then commentators gonna start saying that, or so gonna start saying that. So it's like, where where are you gonna find your balance? You know. And then you know, not only that though, but you know, but also. The, the way this world is of today with the agenda pushing the overly, overly, yeah. overly this, 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 you're going to turn off a lot of people. So it's like yeah. now, now that you're competition, because let's face it, even with a product that was being half-assed a lot of times, WWE was still whooping that ass. Yeah. They were still doing those things. They talked about demographics, this, demographics, that. Then you have these at here. And here's the funny thing about these ass kissers, these AEW ass kissers. Now that the writers, not the fans, because the fans, hey, so yeah. so now that the now that that the tyrant Vinnie Mac has stepped away supposedly, now all of a sudden you see Dave Meltzer. You know who's from who's from San Ho. Yeah, local boy, sort of. Yeah. Sean Ross Sapp. His um his little protege fucking Brian Alvarez. I don't know about yeah. um I don't know about Wade Keller and these other dudes, but yeah. now all of a sudden the shots they were taking at WWE have become praises. Now all of a sudden these guys are sources now, and their shit is so out there and just I'm like, dude, you're extremely transparent because now that this guy, yeah, you shitted on that man, but guess what, assholes. That is still his daughter, and that is and that's still his son-in-law. And then Nick Khan, 
was making the transition as he started seeing all these differences because he's a businessman. He's doing what's best for business. Another line that they always use, well, this is what's best for business. Yeah. So yeah. when they start doing these things, you start seeing the transition. Now, all of a sudden, you are that fan again. You know, and, you know, we'll see, dude. It's like it's not going to happen overnight. You know, no, it's who, not. Yeah. You know, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But you are seeing little signs. I mean, yeah, you like, are. We, we, we brought up uh, you. You brought up uh, the way that raw began yes. that sudden heart open with that brawl. Yes. I brought up that Montez uh, bladed. Uh, yeah. The end of it. Uh, it reminds me of that brief period of time where we had our last glimmer of hope when they had announced that Paul Heyman was the head of creative mm-hmm. for Raw and Bischoff was the head of creative for SmackDown. And the mm-hmm. very first episode of Raw began with that segment. I believe it was Roman and Braun Strowman mm-hmm. uh, beating the ever-loving shit out of each other. And they like put themselves through the stage. Mm-hmm. And they did mm-hmm. this trick where they cut to this like high up cam, the one where if they sell out, they kind of scan the whole arena. Yeah. They cut to that, which is normally what they only do if some serious shit went down. Yeah. And they cut to that camera when they both went through the LED board and the paramedics were surrounding them. And you were <laughs> like, holy shit, this looks kind of like crazy yeah. and hardcore. That was night one. So night one, you know, we now we have with Triple H, you know, we have the brawl with uh Miz and uh, uh, Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Montez blading, and now, um, spoiler alert for anyone who's a little behind on what's going on right now, we were going to have a match at SummerSlam between uh, Seth freaking Rollins and um, Riddle. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins on Raw attacked Riddle, and then after Raw, uh, either yesterday or today, I think it was maybe Tuesday. Uh, they announced that due to injury, the match was scrapped. Yeah. Then someone, I don't think it was Meltzer, it might have been Brian Alvarez, said, Riddle's not injured. This this is this is a planned work. And then Seth Rollins went on Twitter complaining about his match being taken away, and Triple H responded to him saying, I hear you. So already I feel like we're seeing things moving. I don't know if Seth Rollins is now going to work himself into the main event somehow. I don't know if he's going to somehow do something to Austin Theory. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like we're already starting to see little baby steps happening with Triple H taking over creative. And I don't think he's going to go full blank slate right off the bat. I think he's going to let some things play out first. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he gets that opening, as soon as there's sort of like a story beat, as soon as there's sort of like a bit of a resolution to a story... Um, he's gonna, you know, take it in a whole other direction that he thinks is better. And SummerSlam, I think, has a great opportunity for that. Um, because I know one of the things that I was thinking about for a while was that this is a great time for Bailey to come back mm-hmm. because I think that Liv Morgan needs to win this Sunday to uh maintain some air of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. But and I know I'm kind of blending kayfabe with reality here, but even in kayfabe, I kind of find it hard to see her beating Ronda. So, hey, Bailey could come back and somehow some shenanigans ensue, you know? Yeah. It's um, going to be, um, um gonna be, gonna, I think some of going to be a little wild. I yeah. think we're going to see some interesting things. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting pay per view. You know, we'll yeah. see exactly how, you know, how things develop as far as, you know, if it's going to be something different because, I mean, um, 
fuck, I think a lot of people definitely want to see uh, fucking Austin Theory fail. You know, yes. they want to see him because like, because, you know, it's like when um, Vinny Mac, whether it be whatever, real or not, you know, he, um, um, you know, people get tired of of his supposed chosen ones. You know, they get tired of that force feeding. Fans and, want them to acknowledge when we like somebody. Yeah. And so, so when like, we when we know that Vince mm-hmm. is saying no, I'm telling you that this is the guy, there's a very vocal pushback. Yeah, you know, because you start like, you know, you try to force a reaction out of a fan and that doesn't happen. And it's like, you know, you know a lot of these dudes are like, um, you know, like whether you get booed or cheered, you're like at least you get a reaction because when because when people are just sitting on their fucking hands, you're like, oh my god, and you know, like when you start looking at the current roster, and you know, fucking, you know, then we're gonna see what um what Trips is gonna do as far as the direction of this entire roster. I'm talking about from fucking from the main shows all the way down to uh to 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 NXT. fucking NXT. You know, see how this goes or whatever, and like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, he knew exactly what he had with the Polynesians. He knew exactly what he had with Roman and his nephews. He's like, all right, these dudes have never put on a shitty match. They put on some good yeah. matches. Russo's like put on some bangers with yeah. New Day, and I mean, yeah, yeah, they're a great tag team. And it's like, you know, they put, I think. Paul Heyman was just a security blanket for Roman just in case he had that suffering suck attached promo that he did. So, you know, he was like, well, this I guy that out of my mind, you man. know, <laughs> so, you know, he had a security blanket and it's like, when you give a performer a product that he or she can believe in, dude, they're going to go full at it. They're going to invest. They're going to do what they can. So when they go out there, they're going to do what they got to do and make that shit pop and make it work, you know. But when you start seeing, like, fucking, for example, man, the, the fucking, uh, what used to be War Machine, they became the Viking Raiders now. Hopefully this shit stops with Triple H because I don't want to hear the new Vicious Viking Raiders. That shit's annoying as fucking repetitive. Yeah. So these motherfuckers, bro, I swear to God, dude, like, they come out, supposed booze, and you're like, you know, as the person watching on TV, you know we can see these fans, and none of them are reacting because they're like fucking what the Seattle Seahawks are known for doing for pumping out bullshit sound. <laughs> and you're like, come on, dude, don't something. And that's another thing. As fans, we don't like to have our our intelligence insulted, and it's like no, when you do man. shit like that. I'm like, come on, Vince McMahon, dude. We can see this. We can see this type of shit. And it's like when you look at like like right now, besides Liv Morgan, besides fucking Sasha, besides fucking Naomi when she comes back, besides um fucking Alexa, besides Charlotte, besides Bailey, besides Becky. There's Bianca. really beyond oh yeah, I forgot about her, dude. She's very talented, but I think that whole shtick about the EST is getting kind of old, but hey, we'll see what happens with that. Bianca needs to become a heel, a mega heel. Yes. 
That's exactly what she was in NXT because she was a yes. mega heel. She's very arrogant. You know, there's certain people that are making certain things. And I feel like Triple H knows that. And I feel and like know, that might be coming. Because he knows that. And he knows that the same thing applies to uh, Ronda Rousey because, dude, when she got her ass whooped by a fucking Holly Holm knocked out, there wasn't one person that was sad that that should happen because she was such a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're she right. was so disrespectful. She was just, I'm like, man, thank God she got, and she was a one trick pony. She, she came doing, in hot. She came in hot at first, but then very quickly her attitude became very tiresome. Exactly, you know, because she. Got I know for me, it. for me, it got very tiresome when uh, she had that match with Misha Tate. Misha Tate, uh, and and mm-hmm. it was the last match that they had. She she beat her, and it was one of those things where I think it was just so where they kind of both sprung to their feet, and right away Misha Tate like. Put out the hand for the handshake, and Ronda just blew, ghosted her, just blew past her. And right yeah. then, I was just like, "Fuck you," you know, like, like what? Yeah, you know, because she was judo tossing bitches, fucking, fuck, slapping that arm bar, boom, boom. That was it. So it was exciting. So, she was kind of yeah. like a Mike Tyson for a little while, you know. And that's why you know, like, fucking Triple H, he's smart enough to see exactly what he has going on right there, and it's yeah. like, so now. It's up to him because I know he has a very trusting right-hand man down there in NXT. That's Shawn Michaels. I know he's going to be like, all right, dude. So you tell me exactly who is going to be that person to come up and do what they got to do. Now, the one guy that they got down there, a Latino that can talk in both Spanish and English, is fucking Santos Escobar, who used to be King Cuerno and Fantasma. Mm-hmm. Very talented dude. He can speak. He can relate to the fans. Because sometimes, like the one thing that made Ray Mysterio kind of like, uh, was that he sounded so scripted. You know how it is, brother. When you hear somebody, it's like when you have a natural flow, you go. Yeah. When you are script, you're like blah blah blah, break blah 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 blah, break blah blah blah. You know, and it's just like that little. Not the fluidity, and it's like there's very few people that got the gift to gab. And it's like when it comes to this business, what you know, whatever, you need to know how to how to like connect with these fans on a verbal basis, also, because it's you know, you know, there's only so much you can do when you're resting, there's only so many forearm shots you can throw, there's only so many fucking Canadian exploders that you can hit somebody with and get up like nothing ever happened. And I'm like, yeah. you know, people, yeah, you know, it's like, and that's the one thing about the fans, the fans that have been disappointed by the WWE product, they they know that some of the shit that they're seeing is bullshit, mm-hmm. but yet they but yet they swallow that shit because you're like, oh man, I'm, WWE just disappointed me for so many, for so many years because the people that we thought that should have been here were not, but it's like, and there's a reason why like a lot of these people like fucking Roman, when he was getting that push, people didn't like it. When he finally became that heel who supposedly that's who he is in real life, which I kind of find it hard to believe when he became that dude and the, the slow ass while he takes a sweet ass time, he's out there, his facials, the confidence he has when he's cutting a promo, when he's doing his thing, it's like, you're like, man, look, this is a cool motherfucker. 
Yeah. A cool ass dude that I would want to hang around with because he's that dude. Which is why, even though he's a mega heel, I mean, he gets a loud pop when his music hits. Exactly. And then that pop resurges when he finally walks out the curtain. Yep. That's the like, and that's the thing is like when you see when you see him, you see Paul Heyman, you see his nephews, you see these dudes, they know how to do this whole thing. And then when you see a guy, see, that's the thing is like people aren't going to question Riddle because he's an actual ass whooper in real life. Yeah, he plays that stoner character. He is a stoner. He plays that shit to the T because. For those of y'all you know, that don't know, this man was in the UFC. He and is he was a an legit whooper. fucking fighter. Yup. You know, so you see a dude like him fucking, you know, like the men's division is definitely much stronger than the women's. So hopefully, oh, yeah. like a lot of these ladies are in NXT. You know, fucking, you know, as thick as she is, fucking Nikita Lyons. You know, well, here's my thing, brother. I can see her getting really big on the on the main. You show. know, if if you have that out there, and I'm talking about her cakes, you know, I'm not talking about her cakes. You they know, are out you there. have the availability, free, of a nutritionist. All these other shit. Take advantage of that shit. Because when you see her, I'm like, yeah, you know, she 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 should be toning down her stomach. You know, because sometimes you see it for the same thing, you know, for speaking of cakes, you know, uh, you see Gigi Dolan, the the uh the former Mrs. Darby Allen. You know, mm, she got yeah. some cakes on her, but that gut, and it's like she kind of doesn't fit in with these two other ladies because you see Mandy Rose, you see JC Jane, fit girls. You know, flat stomach. And it's like, you got to take advantage of what you have. You know, I don't know who's teaching these wrestlers now how to talk. Because back in those days, (laughs) and this is where they got extremely lucky, they learned from one of the greatest of all time, which is Dusty Rhodes. So he taught them all. He's like, okay. Because a lot of them, like, Sasha was an independent wrestler, but that before she came on to WWE NXT, same thing with fucking Tyler Black, who became Seth Rollins, and he did that little jump off that guy's belly and <laughs> did yeah. that crazy in the Indies. So they, when they went through that system, they refined their skills. They taught yeah. him how to do this, how to do that. And Dusty Rhodes was like, hey, man, you look at me. You're like, he's not exactly that body guy, but he knew how to talk. He knew how to work the crowd, how to get oh, that. Yeah. Like you see him, he's like, oh, he's doing he's like, Dusty, yeah. Dusty Rhodes was never a, a body. He no. was a worker, and he was a personality. He was a worker he, and a worker. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> the son of a plumber. You know, he he he's his personality is really what made him. Yeah, you know? and, and that's that's, you know, that's why in NXT, when you went to promo class, it was taught by the American Dream. Yeah, you know, he talked, you know, because it's because he knew he's like, dude, I know exactly what that man wants. I know yeah. what he wants. I know what the audience wants. And you guys need to know it's that confidence, you know, because it's like, dude, for example, this like podcasting, you know, people are like, oh man, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get nervous. Dude, fucking, not everybody can just start off, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's the comfort level you have about a subject and the person. And it's the same thing when you see a performer in wrestling. If you have that dance partner with you and you can flow, 
because they said like you know there's certain wrestlers out there that doesn't even matter who the hell it is you put them in the ring and they flow they yeah. flow they flow they flow they flow there's no mistake here mistake there they just keep flowing and flowing and there's not that many people out there right now like that and it's so when you see these new up-and-comers we see the guys like fucking let me see who's a nice dude but his height fucking that dude carmelo hayes he used to be known as casanova some bullshit yeah yeah, that's right that dude is a good is a really really good promo yeah, he's a he's an outstanding wrestler, but he's not that tall. I don't know how Triple H is going to see this because you don't really have that cruiserweight division anymore. They're not he, like he might want to try to bring that back though, and and Vin, and I don't know if Triple H. This is a fifty fifty thing, uh, because Triple H always wanted to be that guy that uh, most of us know is what Vince wanted—the really mm-hmm. tall a swole out of control new jack yeah. city uh guy but based on what we saw when he was running nxt he seemed to understand that you don't need to be that mm-hmm. so um it's going to be interesting to see i saw an interesting quote from um i don't know if it was Meltzer or somebody one of those guys they were saying that for a while uh whenever discussion would come up about uh mjf possibly going to wwe one of the big uh, sort of roadblocks that they said was they were like, well, yeah, I mean, he's a great personality, but Vince probably won't like him because he's this little guy. He's not yoked out of control. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying, well, Triple H, now that he's running the show, this could be really bad for AEW because now Triple H could use MJF yeah. and say, I don't care that you're not six foot eight with an eight pack. I'm wanting you for your character. Because you see, you know, you see a dude like him that stays true to character, stays yeah. true to character, and he doesn't care, you know, where he's at. I mean, he'll flick off a little kid just to keep that heat going. Yeah, so, we've seen, so, we've all seen that. You know, so you see a dude like him. Then you see these two swole, bigger than life dudes that are supposedly on their radar. Also, Brian Cage and Wardlow. You see these two dudes. Brian Cage can't really talk. He, like know. for a guy his size, I'm like, dude, that's dope. You can do a boom saw, blah blah blah. You know, you need to tone it down a little bit because you are swole beyond belief. It looks very It'll, unnatural. Yeah, I think that's the big thing with Brian Cage that he just he looks fake. It's like when you see, um, I don't need the feminist attacking me now, but when you see that girl that you just you know her butt is fake because it's so massive, but then her legs are like this thin, you know, and. Then her lips are like bigger than my face, you yeah. know, and, it, and it's just it's like this is too fake. Brian Cage almost has that kind of look as a muscular guy, where it's just yeah. like, dude, you are you're, you're almost too small, you know. He's um, like, dude, it's kind of like when, like when you used to see um fucking Scott Steiner, and he just looked fuck. I mean, he dude, that guy had like a like a like a bicep on top of his bicep it just looks so i remember we all said that and then the veins and just so whereas wardlow has a bit more of a natural look he's a big Mm. boy but he looks a bit more natural and there's something about wardlow's face Mm -hmm. i'm no talent scout but i feel like he has a bit of an x fat or it factor there you know i think you 
he has a face that you you want to i want to hear what this guy has to say i want to watch him i want to mm-hmm. see more of him so i think i think he's definitely on their radar for sure then like the other person you know before you know before you wrap it up you know that kind of like you know there's along those lines that they also you know that kind i guess like all these people that we you know that we just mentioned right now they were on Vinny max radar before he called it quits and like the other person she still needs a lot of work but she she looks the part is jade cargill that's yeah i'm i'm in a way i'm a big fan of jade cargill i Mm -hmm. know that she needs a lot of work my my fandom of her is seeing what i know is there if someone can cultivate it properly Mm -hmm. She is an example of what I think NXT was supposed to be. If they get her, she needs to be put in NXT. Yes. And she needs to stay down there. And, you know, all the people that they have, the promo teachers, the the wrestling coaches, everyone mm. needs to focus on her and refine her. Because I think if you can pull that potential out of Jade Cargill, you have a megastar there. Yeah, because that's mean, the, she's, yeah. she's already kind of over with the AEW crowd, and and that's with uh you know, and I I love Jade, you know, but but with some considerable flaws that that, that are yeah. very apparent, and that's mm-hmm. with those she's already over. So mm-hmm. now just imagine if NXT could refine that and turn her into what you see with like the four horse women, um you know, some of the, the NXT prospects that are looking good right now. Yeah, you know, because there's no one, well, the only person that kind of looks like her, you know, I'm not talking about the same built or whatever, is this one girl, this one black chick they got in NXT, and she used to play basketball, I think. Lash Legend? Yes. The one that was feuding with Nikita for a while? Yes. Yeah. You know, so. She's got some potential, too. I can kind of see a bit of an it factor there with her, too. You know, like, and that's the thing. It's like you know, you see these girls and they catch your eye because yeah. you see them. We're like, okay, well, like you know, you know, fuck you. Uh, let me see what they can do. So it's like, if you can talk, that you can hide certain bad things about you. But if you that's got, pro wrestling, man. You know, but if you don't got either or, then why the fuck should I? Why should you tune in to watch you? Why should we? Be on the lookout to see, like, oh shit, fucking you. They're gonna come to San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, whatever. Why? Why the fuck would I want to watch you? So it's like, if you can take, like, Jade Cargill doesn't need to work on her body. She's fit. She has a fucking six pack, dude. She's fit. So it's like, the only thing that you need to do, you definitely need to get your wrestling skills more refined and you need to, to know how to tackle to be, well, she's confident, but. There's another thing where you are in front of a crowd and there's X amount of people on TV that are watching you or whatever. And that's one of the things that pisses me off about AEW is that you got all these dudes, all men, men or women that were on, whether it was WCW, NWA, WWF, and E, that should be teaching them how to do these things or whatever. Yeah. Tony Khan, hey, dude, I get you. You're trying to be cool with everybody, but you can't be cool with everybody because at the end of the day, this is a business. And if you really, that's why you're like, I'm telling you, brother, it, when you get the chance, because I didn't get to finish the entire fucking Dynamite episode or whatever, but when you get the chance, fucking watch the difference of tonight's, I mean, the Dynamite that just came on 
to the ones that came prior. And this one has more of an edge to it because Jungle Boy. I was going to say Jungle Boy's promo. I did see yes. that. So, I didn't see that. And Christian so, Cage's promos leading up to this have been. And that gnarly. right there is another WWE product, Christian. That's another guy because he knows exactly what it is. And if they, and that's the one thing about AEW is that they've given these guys the freedom to just, just go with it. Yeah, with it. So, which hope. can be good, but also it you can be bad. But yeah, it can be bad too. You got to understand, and you know, I think I think this is that this is good that we're bringing this up because you know we're wrapping up soon, and 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 to kind of bring it full circle, you know that that's probably Vince's biggest and best contribution to the business is you know, <sighs> I love wrestling. I always have, but. It can be boring if I don't care about who I'm watching. If mm-hmm. if I if 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 it's Joe Schmo versus John Smith and you know they both have black trunks on and they both <laughs> sound like an average Joe walking down the street, well I don't like you. You beat me last week. So that's why I want a rematch. And that's mm-hmm. it. I'm like, okay, I, I you know. But when when Roman Reigns is, you know, telling, you know, Jimmy Uso, you know, you better acknowledge me and this and that. And then Jimmy's brother is good. You know, that was kind of a while ago, but but that was drama. Mm-hmm. That was that was over the top shit. And that made me care. Yeah, because like, you know, and, you know, so like Vince, sometimes sometimes he did have people say some really stupid stuff sometimes this promos were very obviously scripted and very bad and i get why tk you know probably says i don't want to do that i want to let these guys do what they can do sure but some of them could use the script yeah some of them could use the character development some of them could use an nxt yeah, he 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 uh, he sees people come in here. All right, who are you? Oh, I'm John Q. Public. There you go, All man. Right. Dynamite. I'm gonna give you your chance, kid. Go ahead and go out there and knock them dead. Do what you you're do. like. And then you watch them and they're boring, and it's like, and I, this isn't everyone in AEW. I, I love a lot of people in AEW, but there's a lot of them that are just like that too. And it's like, dude, you could have done the Vince thing and said, you know what, you're not bad, but you need something. Yeah, like Terry fucking Yaki needs something. Yeah, let 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 let's let's find a way to put something to you, and you know, give you a you know, and you know, you know yeah, like, sometimes you know, sometimes it backfired on Vince. Sometimes there were terrible ideas, but sometimes they saved people. Yeah, you know, like you know, and I get it. You know, they don't, you know, they don't want to be a you know, they don't want to do the copy paste thing of WWE, whatever. Sure, right. sure. Yeah, you know, I get that, but you know, lastly, fucking. Vince McMahon, for all the shit that he's done, whether he is retired or not, whether it's like real or fake or whatever, whether it's just a worker working the people, you know, whatever, you know, you can't deny what this man has done for the business of professional wrestling, for the fans, for whatever. And that's the one thing about that, that Tony Khan needs to understand. Who's going to give a fuck when you retire? No one. He's well as of right now. So he, right needs now, to, uh, he needs to uh, work on uh, cementing that legacy, just like a certain uh, CEO did for See, how many years? You know, to quote my idol, we wrap this up. Bruce Lee, 
the key to immortality is living a life worth remembering. Yeah. That's why legends never die. That's why Bruce Lee is Bruce Lee. That's why Vince McMahon will be Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Him and all his imperfections, his womanizing ways or whatever. That's why he will be that dude. You know, so Vince McMahon is somebody that a Hollywood producer, I'm sure, right this minute is is having a meeting in a boardroom at Warner Brothers someplace going, what do we think about a Vince McMahon biopic? Well, supposedly who, that who will play him. Yeah, I mean, now, uh, who now who's saying that about uh, Tony Khan? Nobody. Yeah, because he's right, not right that, now. He has time, like, but right mm-hmm. now, no one's saying that about him. But there, but I bet you they're saying about a Vince McMahon. Of course, because that's Vince fucking Kennedy McMahon. That's that dude. You that's know. That anyways, dude. brother, this has been a pleasure. You know, it's been a pleasure. Hey, it's been a free flowing conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sorry if I digressed a bit too much. You know, no but yeah, you know, but uh, congrats to you, sir. You popped your podcast chair. <laughs> Yes, I did. You're no yes, longer a virgin, man. You're no longer a oh, virgin. Yeah. But remember, don't slut it up like like the filthiest man. Don't slut <laughs> it up like that guy. All right. Yeah, I want to start guest starring on every podcast in town. Don't worry. There we go. So, fucking, you know, fucking, it's been a pleasure, brother. It's been a great discussion about Jordan Grace. It's been a great discussion about fucking Vinny Mac, what he's yeah. meant, our memories of him, and all his crazy shit about the man the legend vinnie mac mr you know fucking be sending each other these gifs about that guy sometimes i even fucking call it a day with a gif of his you know doing his strut or whatever but so brother fucking where can the loyal listeners whether they be stateside worldwide wherever some alien in a tiktok i mean in a tiktok fucking (laughs) UFO, where can these people find you? Slide into your DMs, hopefully, with a very racy and explicit picture. And I'm not talking about <laughs> fucking, I'm not talking about the big kahuna shirtless. No, no, we don't need that <laughs> at all. I'm talking about the um the quote-unquote Instagram models. Where can these people find you, my good sir? Uh, on, on Instagram, uh, it's just at my name, Sean Van Steen. Sean is S E A N, not the incorrect way that Sean Michael spelled it. Mm-hmm. Van Steen is V A N S T double E, ha ha ha, N. And um, Twitter is at L Super Beast. And uh, I'll try to get back to you on Twitter. I don't check it that much. I'm really a lot more active on Instagram. So that's why you have your best shot at, uh, at sending <laughs> me a message, reaching out, right. telling me that my opinions are good or bad. Definitely. So for the fans out there, man, that you guys can find me on IG under G4150351. That is G4150351. You know, every now and then I I bless the masses, their brains and shit with some gems, whether they be quotes or me just talking shit or me posting some dope ass hat that I just picked up or whatever. Fucking you can find me. Yeah, man, nine or yeah, 49ers <laughs> had some dope shit, man. That's another oh, scene yeah. I had to get it. But, you know, fucking, it's been dope, brother, reminiscing about, about Vinnie Mac, what we remember about wrestling, the stupidity that comes out of people's mouths and shit. Are they just, they their fingers should cramp up whenever they're about to type some stupid shit. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, we'll see how this product develops under the leadership of Stephanie McMahon. 
fucking Nick Khan and fucking Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H. We'll see how that develops. Very exciting. So for the people out there, okay, you already know where you can find Sean. You know where you can find me. So like I said, I'm truly blessed and humbled that you guys tune in week in, week out, listening to myself, listening to Spiro, talk about whatever subject it is. Whatever subject it is, you can feel the passion, the authenticity, because a lot of these cats out there are on some fake shit. But, you know, that's just the way it is. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Go to www.rationalrage.com. Leave us a voice message, rating, whatever. Hit us up at the mailbag, which is rationalrage.mailbag at gmail.com. Whatever subject you want to talk about, either myself or Spiro, we'll touch on that subject. It can be detailed, it can be short, whatever it may be. So, until the next time, Ragers, this is BBG. Sean Van Steen from uh, 415. Thank you so much for having me again. It was an honor co-hosting with you. Yes, sir. So, till next time, players and playettes. Hey!